Yeah. Uh, model of it. Just kept to put it together. So, is everybody, everybody here? Uh, I think so. Yeah, you I can, can hear. Yeah, just in this one ear, right? Yeah, I got. I've got the same thing going on. I don't know. Can you hear in both ears? Yeah. No, oh, yeah, I can hear in both ears now. I don't know what changed. I don't need flip it. Bring this down. There you go. There you go. Cool. Not in a hurry. So you've seen uh, you've seen podcasts with studios before? Yeah. Well, I mean, who hasn't watched the Joe Rogan experience and all that? Oh stuff, no, you haven't you know? personally been to one. Oh, not personally been to one. You know, like no, like on the internet and stuff. It's we can't have real lives anymore. We just see stuff through screens now. So. Yeah. What do you think about that? About everything being digital now? Just everyone's like, instead of seeing something in real life, they're like, oh, I saw this on the internet. I saw this on YouTube. It's like no one, I don't know. It's it's just, uh, it kind of broadens the human experience a little bit because you see things that you would never see in like, you know, South Central Oklahoma via the internet. But it it kind of replaces the other stuff you know, that would be more normal and everyday and you could see, you know, you don't, you see something that's in like Asia that you never see in Oklahoma, but you never see something that's, you know, 30 minutes away from your house or three hours away from your house. Cause you're just kind of locked into the, the digital space. And I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So do you, but do you think that, uh, seeing all that other stuff, does it does it cheapen what you what you have here locally or enrich it or what do you think? Uh, I, the, the old adage of you know comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you see some crazy thing in Thailand, like uh, like the cliffs along the beaches and stuff. You know, and it's like it just detracts from like you know what Turner Falls is or what you know yeah. the Quartz Mountains are and stuff. You know, exactly. It's like. Um, I saw this deal about like dating apps and stuff and the amount of choices that you have in a dating app is actually more overwhelming, you know, and actually makes it harder to make any sort of decisive choice or anything like that. You know, like a multitude of options, it kind of, I don't know, having too many options isn't a great thing, you know? No, there's, there's good data to back that up too. So, uh, women have this thing where it's called it's called hypergamy, and I may have talked to you about this, but so men, and it has to do with uh, just how we how we pick a mate, right? So men will, as, as far as the social hierarchy goes, or whatever it is that that moves you up or down the the ranks in someone's eyes, uh, men will date across and down that social. Yep. So they'll. <clears throat> you know, and and th- the reason for that is is because when a man is, he's not really concerned about a woman's ability to generate income or 
or, uh, uh, you know, be a manager of a business or anything like that. She's concerned. He's, he's primarily concerned with her ability to be a mother and, uh, and a wife and, but a woman dates a crossing up. Yeah. I guess you've heard probably Peterson talk uh, yeah, about that. Yeah, I just saw it just the other day. Jordan Peterson talking yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not the hugest Peterson fan, but that that part fascinates me because uh, he, he they also he also talks about uh, you know when you have Instagram and Facebook and and all the other social apps, you have uh, everybody's on there. All everybody in the planet is on there, so you're comparing your your mate choices with the entire planet, whereas before it was your your town, maybe your county. Yeah. So well, and also they're they're not taking like all the moments of those people's lives; they're taking the absolute best, you know, portions of their lives and put yeah. on social media. So it just really creates an unfair, you know, perception all around. You know, whether it's you know choices and mates and you know relationships or even just you know just the friends you see it's like man they got they got really cool lives don't have anything going on so Mm. yeah that kind of just drives into the whole stereotypical like oh again well comparisons is thief of joy and that's what it kind of all comes to i guess but yeah you guys pretty much uh got got rid of the screens all in one day at your house didn't you (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I may or may not but, have heard about that day. Yeah, but but why? Why I'm did starting you to let some in now? Have you? Yeah. Why did you? Good. What did you get rid of them in the first place? What What was the? You can't speak to that, Xander. Uh, Xander, no. <laughs> yeah, I would say that we ended up uh, doing away with and eliminating the technology from the house because it moved to a point where it was unhealthy and the potential benefit that could come from that uh, was, I mean, it wasn't, it was no longer there. There wasn't any, I'm looking to gain and grow. There's no use or application of the power of it, and so you start to do, I mean, it's a method of entertainment, Mm -hmm. and simple entertainment, repeated, and, uh, I mean, it's a, it, and I think that generally it's, it's a similar thing to where we're headed, I mean, with the overall picture of the technology and uh, and how we have to be very careful um, how we move forward through it because there's the internet is such a huge uh, collection of uh, of information and it's so versatile and it's something that hasn't existed in history and it's something that is moving forward and it advances things very quickly and we have to be aware of that and not slip down the side of entertainment, gratification, uh, what can I take from this, and we need to move more into what can we produce, what can we learn, what can we 
get from this that is something that makes us more useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, <clears throat> what I keep seeing is you have these high aspirations for the technology, and it starts out real high and real like a big wide circle, but it just spirals down, and it gets lower and narrower until it, it's just a detriment, right? Especially for kids. Yeah. They're just watching videos about nonsense. Yeah. Just watching people play video games. Yep. Porn. I mean, like, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, bringing in and, you know, unwanted stuff like that. I mean, give your kid a tablet. You know, I saw a statistic the other day, like, I think 80% of males in the United States have seen pornography by, like, the age of 11 now or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, um, like bringing technology to children at a young age. I mean, and it's, it's something that parents weren't even ready for. No, you know that's what I mean. That's it's, what, that's what I had. Same thing happened to me. I, I know. think we're in the same boat. Cause I, I didn't smash them all with a hammer like you did, but, or I don't know if you used the hammer. I, I did, did, but I, I just, I smashed them cause I didn't want any passwords, personal information yeah, yeah, yeah. available Security. from them. No, I, I, I mean, yeah, I get it. I mean, I get, I, I just, the only reason I didn't smash them because I wanted to flip them on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I gathered them up, put them in a sack. But I did the same thing, man, because one day it just dawned on me. It's like, what am I, what am I doing here? This is, this is not right. These children are not normal. Uh, this is, this is not what I signed up for. Cause yeah, you think, yeah, oh, the internet's great. You know, you can, you can watch your stuff. favorite shows and mm-hmm. you you know you can yeah you can get all the recipes and oh connect with friends you know you can <laughs> connect with friends on facebook well, and those are good uses they are good uses yeah and that's the pitch you know that's the that's sales the pitch. pitch you know what i mean and then you know the reality like you said you know it just uh, it continues to debase and debase until you basically just have you know frivolous epicurean style just entertainment and distraction and i mean honestly like like it's kind of an over exaggeration i mean like mind control on some level you know what i mean um dude i i think that popular culture is is a psyop i think psyop what do you mean by that a psychological operation oh yeah monarch (laughs) yeah 100 percent. i mean i i i really do uh but do you do you think xander that it was a you think Dad made a good call? Looking yeah, back, or I think absolutely. I probably didn't at the time, though. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a whale and a dash of teeth. <laughs> I mean, it, in a way, I would say that right off the bat, there was a. I mean, it was like a break in the kind of habits habit that I'd fallen into day to day over you know, years at that point, mm-hmm. and it was strange, and it ended up kind of, you know, being a turnaround, and I, I mean, I, I think you'd agree that I didn't move back into getting sucked into right. him after that. All and the kids, it took about a week, and everybody was reading books and playing with dolls, and yeah. they transitioned right out I, of it. I found it extremely natural to drop it. it, it I mean, it was a... How old were you whenever he did that? I how, think how uh, probably 15... Yeah. Just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Probably three or four years ago, something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, I I uh I think you're gonna see a 
Maybe a huge difference from Catherine now. Like I guess you, but you already did. You already did raise one. Well, have you had the internet with? Did you have the internet, Ted? Yeah, the whole yeah. time. Yeah, basically, as far as I remember, I mean, like earliest mem- memory of like tech, you know, is like you know sitting in your lap with a computer or whatever, watching videos about guns or something, you know, like yeah. And then like, you know, when the first iPhone came out, I remember sitting in the car in the air conditioning, wait for you guys to get your phones, dude, to get them all set up, <laughs> wait outside the AT and T store. Like the yeah. greatest day ever. Uh, apparently, yeah. It was the. Three GS or something like that. It was like a third generation. But, yeah. Oh, it was Third generation was a okay. four. Yeah. Well, it was. The 3G, then the 3GS, then the four. It was the three. Yeah, second one. Though. So you guys yeah. weren't on the, the forefront of the. the no, we didn't guy. even have phones. Okay. Those were the first. We had some candy bar phones. We got some candy bar phones when I worked in Chattanooga. Oh, yeah. And that's where we should have stayed. Candy yeah. bar phone land. 100 Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, 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 I used to think the Amish were weirdos, uh, but as I've learned about their ways and learned about my ways and what I see around me, I think those people are geniuses. Because, and I've also been learning about about dopamine and how it works in your brain, and our brains are set up for us to do some work. And then we get a little hit of dopamine. Hey, that makes me feel good. I, you know, I. Uh, I mean, you when you're a little kid, you you experience this. You go to to play in a stream, and you build a little dam, and it holds water, and you're like hey, that's awesome. And you just it makes you feel good. Yeah. But when you do drugs, you just have to light a light a match, uh, and you feel good. You don't. There's no work involved. Uh. You know, drink something, oh, you feel good. Swipe something, oh, you feel good. And that's uh, that's uh, okay for a little bit, but then it starts you, normal things that used to bring you joy, like building stream, building dams across the stream, just don't do it for you anymore. So and that's why I believe you don't see kids playing outside anymore. They would rather, they got this thing, they got a drug. It's a digital mm-hmm. drug. It, it's a like it's well documented that it it tickles your dopamine mm-hmm. receptors and um, I I think that Western society is turning into Pleasure Island for the most part. Uh, it's just like all pleasure and no real like work for it. If they ever bring in this like basic income thing, man, it's who's <laughs> gonna work? This this whole place <laughs> is gonna burn down. I think. <laughs> Who would want to work? I think they got you. But, you know, then, but that's what, I think that's the goal. Because once they got you on that, once they've got you used to that basic income, now you got to do what they say. I mean. I mean, I don't know who I was talking to the other day about this, but it's kind of like the, my, uh, one of my coworkers, he said that, you know, he has some neighbors who are, you know, they don't work. Right, he gets he leaves in the morning. Their cars are all there. When he gets back, they're all out in their front yard with a barbecue and putting out steaks and stuff. And he assumes they're on welfare, right? I mean, he says it makes me feel like an idiot watching these guys who don't work at all cooking steaks on their grill and bringing out you know thirty packs of beer and everything and just chilling all the time. Makes me feel like an idiot for being out here waking up at five in the morning going to work and. Uh, I mean, but that's kind of the 
the the whole point is like you get these people on, you know, the government dole basically, and uh, they're living there, and it you know attracts other people obviously. But once once the majority is you know relying on the government for food and shelter and money and everything like that, I mean that's when the that's when the the cage door shuts. And uh, it's full-on Soviet gulag-style sort of existence from then on out, you know? It's like it's cool. Once they get their voting block. Yeah, once they get their voting block and once they have everyone under control and you have an entire generation who's never actually worked to, you know, earn money. Like, all they know is, you know, collecting money Mm -hmm. from the government just passively. I mean, you can do whatever you want to those people at that point because they've been thoroughly, you know, declawed and have no ability to stand up or... We were when we lived in Alabama. There was a, a mom and her kids, and her husband had, had passed away. And uh, he had she had two boys. And one day they come back play with these guys. And the older one, he said, <clears throat> he said, "You don't work, huh?" And I said, "What?" He said, "You don't work." I'm like, "Why do you think that?" And he said, "Because in the morning," uh, he said. Oh, when I would leave, they'd be in asleep still. And when I get home, they'd be, I don't know, he never saw me come Just and getting go. getting up. Right. And I'm like, how do you think I can't work? He said, get on welfare. I'm like, uh, I said, no, I, I work. I said, I leave before you guys get up and mm-hmm. you guys are gone when I get home. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was like, what? But he's been raised in that. Yeah. That's that's his expectations, and I was like, I mean, yeah. Anyway, these guys would never think that somebody didn't work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What what uh? Well, I mean, maybe like what what percentage of your friends don't work? You're well, how old are you now, Xander? Eighteen. Uh, yeah, I'm nineteen. Nineteen. Do you have, do you have? <clears throat> but you've never been in never been in public school though, right? No, not at all. So where do you find where do you find your buddies? Well, that's that's a good question. I'd su- I suppose that over the course of the past few years, I come into contact with new people more through just work than anything. I'd where do you work at? Well, I I I was recently employed with a with a uh, pool service company, uh, like maintenance and repair, and. Uh, I'm actually I'm moving out of that very soon. Um, before that, I worked at uh, the water park in Paul's Valley down there. Oh, so uh, yeah, you rub sh- you rub yeah. shoulders with all the high school kids down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So you get you know get some good interaction with other people. You know, it, mm-hmm. uh, do you notice anything different about? The high school crowd versus yourself, about the same. Like, I mean, or or do you? You have a cell phone now, I guess. You have a yeah, yes, yeah, like iPhone or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it, it seems like there's a real uh, impediment with the ability to listen um, and uh, gather information. It, it's like when you. Uh, try to engage in conversation. Um, you can get a b- 
basic back and forth uh, narrative of, I mean, simple or, I mean, it's like simple words and not much thought put into it. And, uh, well, uh, there's this real issue with uh, retaining information. It's uh, like, like behind a pane of glass because it, it's like not invested in what's currently going on. I mean, and I, th- I think that, I mean, I think we've covered quite a few things that contribute to that. I mean, the, the electronics, which, I mean, at this point, uh, kids have really just grown up with. I mean, it's it's been there pretty much the whole time. I mean. From the jump, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's it's caused a serious, uh, serious knowing sort of, of uh, and perhaps not even the, ability to listen but the intent or care to listen it's like uh in a work environment this shows itself as you explain to somebody how to do their job and uh and there's no uh improvement or response i mean it's it's like you might as well have just dropped it out into empty air it's like and that issue with listening seems to be something that's very widespread at this point uh just with with your no with your age group are you saying or, or do you you notice that with older people well too? i notice it much more strongly in my own age group i i think that what i really think it may be is the the uh fully immersed in the technology person at I mean, it's your what you're considering and what you're caught up in is it's separate from what is going on in the space that you're taking up. It's like, uh, and so you become preoccupied, and so you're moving over your intention of things to do and things to explore and consider, and you're taking that and channeling all of it into just this like well, this you know tool or whatever it's become like and it it just seems like uh it seems like it's kind of been the It's been a real catalyst for uh, uh, making the experience day-to-day less genuine, I I would say. Mm. Uh, And I don't necessarily think that it is a result of technology. I think that it's a result of poor handling of the situation where uh, where we're going to make something so widespread. I mean, it's like people approached it and are proceeding to approach it uh, at, I mean, just at an angle of, I mean, it's it's escape, gratification. It, and 
Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's really concerning, really. Yeah. It didn't start out that way, though. It's like he said, it started way up here. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, you know, I bring up the Amish because I think the difference between they're not they're not anti-technology they just carefully consider anything before they allow it to come into their society care i mean like over decades sometimes and i don't i think the reason that what's happening what you're talking about has happened is because we didn't we didn't ask questions we just oh iphone 3 yeah come on New flat screen TV, bring that baby into the living room. Let's do it. You know, it's, I just don't think we stop to think about what might happen. That we might start to identify uh, our day to day lives with these devices. I mean, start to, I mean, kind of move yourself over in a way. It's like putting, putting so much of your thought and energy into, into that sort of thing. It, that's where your thought and energy is going to move. I mean, it's right. You're, you're sa- so you're saying that that the people you're talking about, most of us, our consciousness is in this device, and we have to come out to do our jobs or talk to people. But really, like we're half in here and half out here. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know if I I can't say if it's half and half or if it's well, whatever, 10, 90. Yeah, yeah whatever. The <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a, it's like a it's certainly it's certainly some percentage of everyone that has one of these devices in their pocket. Yeah, and that's a well. The issue is is that that's that's uh, snowballing over time. It's got it's getting worse. It's, it's picking up speed and growing bigger. I mean, it, it compounds and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will continue to compound as the technology gets better. Checks. Yeah. So I mean, nobody's putting checks on it. I mean, right? Nobody's talk. Nobody's having these conversations about. Well, I've I've not I've not heard anybody talk like you have about the ability to listen. But I mean, I it's obvious that that's. Well, you mean think about when you go to dinner, some with a group of people, and they, you know, it's. Uh, you, I'm here with you and with this person that whoever, if it dings, I'm going to, uh, hang one second, you know, and I've, so. That was something I was talking to my wife about, and I said, I said, you need to have a, like a cell phone etiquette class. <laughs> where, where if you're having a conversation with someone, your phone rings, you get back to that later, it doesn't interrupt your conversation, you yeah. know, that, that. And and I'm guilty of that. I know at work where I'm talking to somebody, oh I gotta go, I got you know, I gotta oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. <clears throat> but without checks, it's just gonna keep going the way it's going and get worse. I don't know I, I don't know that you pers- me personally, I don't have that kind of willpower to have etiquette with it. 'Cause what because before I got rid of it, I would I had for about two years. I had this, I had this like feeling. If somebody saw me on this thing, I felt like somebody saw was watching me naked, and I would make sure that when I would, you know, just zone out, that I would do it where no one could see me. But, but I still would spend three, four hours a day on it. You know, uh, it's so immersive, and it, 
I mean, I've messed around with just about every drug there is. There is no more powerful drug than a cell phone, in my opinion. It's the most addictive, the most enjoyable. Uh, just no harmful side effects that you can tell immediately. It's it makes you feel really good, you know. Especially if you can start being creative with it, and or whatever it is, you know. I'm sure chicks just like they could probably get the same feeling from just posting selfies that I do from making something and putting it out there and having people, oh, that's so great. I mean, it's funny you draw that parallel with, you know, uh, addiction and cell phones. So, I mean, that's the whole parallel I've been drawing, like, for the past 10 minutes here, basically. But, um, like, I quit smoking. Like, I was kind of vaping halfway and smoking a little bit for, like, two years. But then the last year, kind of been actually, like, smoking consistently cigarettes and finally quit. But what I noticed was, like, I would get this urge to get a cigarette and pat myself down like I would in the morning when I'm leaving for work. It's like... Oh, I forgot my cigarettes. Let me go do your rituals. Yeah, you, you pat yourself down. But I noticed one time I left my phone in my house. And I was doing that pat down, you know, wallet, keys. Oh, I f- forgot my phone. It was that same sort of like interior panic you have when you forget your cigarettes at your house. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's really interesting right there. You know what I mean? Again, side note, not trying to derail that, but <laughs> yeah. No. Have you have you noticed the same thing as that Xander has noticed with with the people's ability to listen? I I'm not a super. I, I don't have a lot of friends. I'm just going to be real with you. <laughs> um, I what I notice about people in this generation. I mean, well, this generation, but you know, my generation, the people roughly my age. Um, You know, I feel like I'm just going to talk for the sake of talking. I don't have a really good answer for you on that. So uh, I really don't have a good answer for you on that. Um, I'd say that people are, people my age, they're just focused on stuff that really doesn't matter. Um, You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to college and get a graphic design degree. Or, oh, I'm going to go to college and do this. Or, you know, and it's like, I'm going to go and try to be an artist or something. I mean, those, those are all admirable type of things or whatever and maybe the fact they're going to college is a attack against my personal ideas on college and it's generally a waste of time and money um but they just seem focused on things that don't really matter it's like they're either trying to achieve something like you know get a degree for underwater basket weaving and that doesn't make any difference or you know they're just you know sitting around all day you know vaping watching tiktok and doing nothing with their lives it's like even the ones who are trying to achieve something, they aren't really achieving anything. You know what I mean? It's like they're just having this semblance of achievement, and I don't know. But maybe I'm just projecting myself onto other people, and you know, subconsciously. But no, but that listening dynamic. Um, I I haven't observed that as well as Xander has in that case. Uh, but there's definitely a difference, you know, people, again, it's like they're half in their phone, half out, kind of like you were saying. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I was at a, and the, and this kind of, I was, I was at a uh, birthday party today and one of the kids, like, so mom and dad rented a, a super slide. It's like a three story oh. water slide. You slide down into a big uh, runway, and you end up in a a pool at the end. I mean, it was 
super fun. It was really fun. Like uh, every adult that tried it was hooked and kept doing it. And all the kids, of course, six, seven, eight hours, they were doing this. But there, there was one kid, uh, uh, one of these my relative, in fact, it, you know, he he did it for about two hours, and then he had to go get his Fortnite fix. This kid's like he's Mason's age; he's eight. And the only thing that stopped every every other kid—I mean, I can't say that the other kids probably wouldn't have done the same thing if it had been their house, but this was at his house. But the the all the other kids, man, they went eight hours solid on this thing. Just and and I and this kid disappeared for two hours, like into. And uh, you have a water park that's set up in your front yard, and you you're bored of it in two hours. Like, what does that mean? I yeah. I it blew my mind, man. It it this it does blow my. I mean, because I'm getting starting to get like some real distance between these things. Like we've we cut the cord, and uh, and I've just it's just transformed my family. How how far have you gone on this? Are you like you gotten rid of the tablets and? Yeah, there's one family the TV. There's one TV in Mason's room, and it's not hooked up to the internet, so just DVDs. Nice. Uh, um, they're just out there watching Land Before Time or something, just over and over again. They don't have any of the streaming. Yeah, watch Little House on the Prairie over and over. And <laughs> nice. Mason and I are on Little House on the Prairie, and then we were on Lord of the Rings for like two months. Three months. You're maybe. watching all the way through, like you didn't even stop, pause, or anything. Like that's how long it takes to get through the Lord of the Rings. Oh no, man! It was. It would take like a week to get through one film. Oh jeez. You know, because I don't. I don't spend much time inside. I'm always. Well, I'm it sounds like you're mitigating that usage pretty good too. If like it takes, you know, a week to get through a three-hour movie, like you're pausing like every twenty-five minutes or something. It sounds like. Well, we've choked them down to just the weekends. Oh. And it, they they can they can get they can get we'll go and sit down and watch a movie but we have to all be together is the rule it's it's and this is man and this is just from research just from just from dopamine research like there's this groundswell of people you, even your age that are just have anxiety and depression and uh, ADHD and all these things that weren't around thirty years ago and. You know, all the psychologists and doctors are like, what's wrong with these people? Well, from what I understand, there's nothing wrong with these people. It's just too much stimulation. You get too much, too much, like, it's like a, it's like a junkie. Like, if you, if you just uh, hit the crack pipe all day, every day, um, it's going to stop feeling good to do crack. And it's just, you're going to do crack just to feel normal. And I think that's where we're, where we are. With with all this stuff, it's we're just all a bunch of junkies. I mean, everyone's shooting out their dopamine receptors with, I mean, uh, obviously the social media and especially like TikTok and everything, right? Creates a lower attention span, right? With those shorter clips and everything mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah, what's Switching TikTok like seven seconds another. or something? Uh, yes, and what I noticed is that like I would be like on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, swiping through that thing, the shorts, mm-hmm. right? And then I get bored of that, and I, like, turn on my TV while I'm swiping. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I'm double screening. Everybody dude. does but, that, dude. Yeah, but. I Everybody's. Mean, some people do it. Th- they got a laptop, the TV, and the cell phone. Yeah. 
So yeah. you got Pinterest going here. You're swiping in. There's a bet. I mean, so uh, do you, now do you think that that's the dopamine? Do you think that's them working for the feel good? I think that they have more devices going. I think on? that's the dabs. I think you graduated from the joint and you're going for the dabs, and eventually you're going to be. You know what I'm saying? It's just just pushing. But I mean, like, there's all sorts of aspects of of modern Western society um, that are dopamine causing, right? That are over that are overly stimulating dopamine Bunches, activities. Bunches, dude. Like, I mean, porn is one. Media, you brought it pornography, up. Pornography. You got the social media. You got you know video games. Yeah. You got fast food. Yeah. Right. The, the yeah. grease and the different carbs and fats and everything like that. Uh, those things would have been incredibly rare. Those types of fats, like in a you know, caveman times and finding that stuff, you get really stoked about it, but it's probably like in the bone marrow of some animal you killed. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. That's a good thing to get stoked about when you have such a scarce diet. But now that it's basically unlimited access, right. It, it just gets out of control. It's like, yeah, that dopamine rush for certain levels of fats and other things is great when you're in a survival situation, but now that you're locked into it, you can have it all the time. It's increasing your, it's not increasing the amount of dopamine you have. It's, it's basically just overusing your dopamine receptors. Building your resistance. Building yeah. your resistance to it's it. It's called right? chasing the dragon uh, in, yeah. the heroin, <laughs> in the heroin uh, field. You're just chasing the dragon. Yeah. I mean, like, hell, even AC, man. Like, back in the day, Word. You'd, go get, you'd go get cooled down. But, like, at the end of your workday, going and jumping in a stream or, like, a pond or sitting under the shade of a tree. And under a shade of a tree is maybe, like, five degrees cooler. Yeah. Right? And then you jump in a lake, and that's like twenty degrees cooler, you know, and that's a that's a better situation. But like AC is just right on the dot, dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I just spitballed that one, but I mean, there's all sorts of different things. Western, you in, in general, and rule, Western Amish, society is yeah. is a dopamine hit. Yeah, and I mean, this is kind of the thing that Xander was talking about. It's like, well, we haven't mitigated and checked and balanced what we brought in, right? Technologically. And Elon Musk talks about, it's like, you know, we don't have to be afraid of technology and the advances and the the joining of, like, you know, human and techno- technology, right, which I think is not a good idea. But he says if we just approach that with caution, it'll be fine, you know, putting chips in people's brains, oh. right? But think of that on a less crazy level. I mean, that can we do, as humans, do we really have the power to, like, you know, manage and, you know, bring in technology in a reasonable and responsible way to not mess up our minds and the way we're perceiving things? Or is it a safer and more reliable route just to go the, like, you know, Amish route, for lack of a better term, and just be like, look, whatever we do is going to get out of control. Let's just cut all of it out, you know what I mean, and just live as, you know, basic as possible, you know? I mean, I see these off-grid people, man, and I'm thinking, like, you don't have any technology and you're just like working daily for your food and running your garden and doing your stuff. It's like, that seems like a pretty good cure for depression and anxiety right there, dude. It's like just, you know, your work has meaning because it's sustaining yourself. You know what I mean? Everyone wants meaning in their work and all this stuff. And it's like, you're feeding yourself like that has meaning, right? You know what I mean? But you could argue the same with a job, but I've been ranting for like two minutes now. So that's great. But, 
Well, no, the yeah. difference between the Amish and the off-grid guy you're talking about is community, though. Which yeah, and that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem I've looked at. It's like, even if I scrape together enough money to go buy some land down in eastern Oklahoma, I'm going to be a dude living by myself yeah. in the middle of, like, 10, 20 acres sitting out there doing nothing. Let's say, like, I found a girl who wanted to go out there and do off-grid with me, right? We have kids, right? Little house on the prairie style, man. And it's like... The problem in the books was family Robinson, right? The shipwrecked family, right? Is that like these kids are like adults and they don't have anyone that they can marry or anything. And they eventually leave the island to go find people to marry and community. stuff, dude. That community, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the problem is that even you raise kids out there in an off-grid environment, you're not, you're not going to have any means of them expanding in that environment and have their own families. And um, that's the community aspect, like you said, that really separates, you know, the crazy guy, you know, in doomsday bunker versus, you know, society of, you know, like-minded people just working together and living in a strong, close community. I mean, that's, that's the missing piece of the off grid thing right there. Yeah, it is. But, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think it's, I think it's a good idea to, Here's the problem I see with with your with your generation, and I don't want to be, oh, you know, I'm not going to sound like a boomer here. It's fine, but uh, I don't think I don't think that they you really know how to do anything that isn't connected to the like. I mean, how many Xander? How many how many people you know that can weld that are 18? You know that that you work with. Do they even teach welding in high school anymore? You can go I, take it I, I can honestly tech. say that I, throughout my just general friend groups in my teenage years, I've had one uh, I'd call acquaintance who knew how to weld, and that's it. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nobody knows how to weld. Just make welding, though, right? Stick welders. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. There's okay. nothing wrong with stick welding, Dad. That's no that's stick welding. You're a welder, but you can stick weld. Yeah. Yeah. Meg Weldon's just Oh, yeah, that's like that's like a Sharpie but with laser yeah. beams, you know, it's <laughs> like it's still useful. Yeah. Yeah. Well there's not a lot of skills. No. You know? I and I'll and I'll tell you a, st- a story that my grandfather told me when he when he got drafted to in World War Two. He said that the that everybody wanted uh this the the country boys in their unit because they could do anything they could fix stuff they could drive anything they could you know anything that needed done they made it happen but these cats from california and the cats from the coasts they they got moved to officers because they couldn't do anything they were just they were just like office jockeys they couldn't they had no real real world skills and when it's a life or death situation, like you, you want somebody that's going to be able to change the tires so you can get out of the mud. So you, the the Germans don't come and shoot you. You know, like yeah. it's it's a real it's a real problem in my in my mind. Like that, and I think it's personally, I think it's all by design. I think that it's this is a super intentional pushing this stuff out to us. Like what Elon Musk is wanting to do, I don't I don't think that he's uh, one of the good guys. 
Yeah. <laughs> Personally. I mean, he has a really good, like, uh, public relations team that does a great job of, yeah. like, managing him in a direction of likability. But, I mean, he's made comments about how much he loves China and how they run things. And it's like, he's seen China during the pandemic. That's not exactly a, a fun, fun time right now to be living in China. No. Locking people inside their apartment complexes, dude. Bolting the, them in there. Yeah, just, like, just running rebar into the ground in front of the doors, dude. I mean, that's that's scary stuff. And, you know, we see China as kind of like a fairly, like, civilized country, but you start seeing that stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, they're they're not they're not on the up and up, man. They, they don't really care about people at this point. Mm, they may not be, but they're they're going to overtake the United States as far as like means of production. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if the if we'll move to a world cur- so uh I, I don't want to get off on the on a currency tangent, but uh yeah, I don't I don't think that they'll we'll be using the yen, but it certainly looks like they're gonna be the new world superpower. Things keep going like they are. But uh, you're you're talking about your the people in your age group all going to go to college. I think that's one of the one of the gifts that your mother and father have given you guys is like to free you from that that like prison. I think man, school is a it's it's been from the very beginning um, a tool of oppression and slavery and college is just an extension of that and i mean you can look at you can so this coronavirus thing you can look at the people the ones that i've observed that are vaxxed up and boosted up to the maximum they're highly educated seemingly intelligent people and will i mean i don't say they'll come to blows with you if you disagree with them but they get they get upset Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I just—it seems to me like they've just been uh, hobbled by education. Yeah. Like it's it's broke their brains or something. I I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I, I, I what mean, do you this think, is really cliche to say, but I mean, like school, the, the government education system is designed to create people who can. You know, just check mark, check mark, check mark, go through their day, do their routine, be where they need to be at this time, and do exactly as they're told. And I mean, judging by the newer generation, that isn't exactly working with their attention span and everything like that. But um, as interesting, you said highly educated and intelligent people are, are really, you know, crazy about the vaccines and everything. Oh, else. they love it. They, they, they do. Uh, but I saw a statistic that no higher education, but highly intelligent, that was the least likely uh, demographic of people to get vaccinated. I saw this article and it was titled, Why Did Intelligent People Not Get Vaccinated? I like how they use the past tense as if like the wave of forcing everyone to get vaccinated is over mm-hmm. somehow and it's not relevant. But well, the CDC just came out and said there's no more, there's no more push. Yeah, because they really? recognize Wait, really? that it doesn't stop the spread and it doesn't stop people from getting it, and they haven't gotten to the leap yet that it's actually making people sick. 
but hasn't our president gotten COVID twice, even after having these press conferences? Yeah. Like, yeah. get your vaccine, it'll keep you from getting COVID. Although that whole that whole thing, <laughs> I've seen the progression on down where they're like the, what they were initially saying, you won't get sick, and yeah. and then it's like, well, you, you'll get sick but not die, and you you'll get sick or you'll get sick but it won't be bad, and then well you'll get sick but you won't die, and then well you know and. And on down to where it's nothing. It doesn't help at all. And and they haven't made the, they haven't come full all the way around where it's making people sick. You know what I mean? They can't, they can't do and that. And they won't. No, they, they won't. They'll never admit. No. Well, I think pers- personally, I think that they've, if you, if you kind of look, we'll look at just Anthony Fauci, for example. He's heavily involved with, with, uh, HIV and AIDS. Oh yeah, oh he was leading that up. Yeah, uh, there, it seems to me like what this what this probably is is a just an attack on the immune system. Mm-hmm. So, and if and think about how how brilliant that would be if you could just attack somebody's immune system like AIDS, you you could die from a hundred different things just because you just have a suppressed immune system. So, you know. Cancer's gonna. Go. I I can. I talked to the midwife, you know, because because mama's pregnant. She said that she's miscarriages are up five hundred percent or something. Uh, preeclampsia, all these like pregnancy related problems are, and she doesn't know that it's the vaccine or just a virus. She just like we are seeing a groundswell of problems, and uh, can they not ask? At that point, I mean, being a midwife, kind of outside the medical realm, can they not be? Well, have you guys been vaccinated? No, no, no. She said vaccinated, unvaccinated, all have. Haven't problems. seen it. Okay. And uh, is this like in the past decade or like the past like twenty? Past two months? years. Two years. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't really want to blame the pandemic for everything, but you know, you have increased amounts of you know depression in people, isolation, things of that nature. People are getting out of the house less, so I heard that you're seeing more like domestic uh, dispute issues, things of that nature. It's too much uh, time in the house with each other. I guess so, man. Just leads to blows. Well, you're not so. used to that, too. Yeah, you know what I mean. When you're used to being apart all the time, that's a different dynamic than being together and then yeah, being you tied together. Figure out, you know, who you're sleeping with. You know what I mean? And that that's a scary thing. You know, you guys go out do your own separate deal during the day, and then you get this deal where you're like locked down, man, or like you're working from home, and it's like it's more stress. You know what I mean? That could be a contributor, but there's never one. It's never one factor when it comes to stuff. You know what I mean? There's a, a plethora. You know. Yeah. Well. Do you know, do you fellas know who Klaus Schwab is? You ever heard that name? Mm-hmm. Andrew, are you familiar with this guy? No, I'm not. I, the name rings a bell, but I'm not familiar now. So he wrote a, a series of papers, and then a, I believe he's authored a book uh, called The Great Reset. And it's it's all these, like the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations, the these guys get together in secret and talk about how they're going to plan out society essentially and now they're in the open saying what they're going to do and it and what they are they are all have this social darwinist idea about humanity 
they think that there are too many people. And uh, they would like to reduce that number. I mean, oh, Captain Bill Gates has, has publicly said that. You know, and he's part of this World Economic Forum, along with, uh, you know, the Rock, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and uh, the several big tech guys. But uh, yeah, it w- ten years ago, this was conspiracy stuff, and now it's just uh, well, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, this is not good. Yeah, it's, no, I know it's wide open the, now. It's published papers. Yeah, they can talk about it. They got a podcast I listen to. They talk about this stuff and interview people and how the planet's being screwed up by humanity and we got to get those numbers down. It's, I mean, I don't know. I know that you guys are all Christians and everything, but this is uh, Luciferian stuff. When you start talking about mass genocide of the entire planet, but uh, coronavirus fits real nice in with all that stuff. It makes it interesting that they backed off on it because I saw that CDC thing that you're talking about. They they backed off on everything. It looks like mm-hmm. like you don't have to quarantine anymore. You don't have to wear masks anymore. Have, have you noticed all the stuff coming out? They've got. Uh, in fact, I had just found a an article on it, and Lindsay and I were talking about, it and I, I read it off to Maggie and stuff. And they had like uh, things that can cause heart attacks, like shoveling snow can cause heart attacks, and taking a cold shower. It can cause heart attacks. Uh, sitting for too long can cause heart attacks. Watching too much TV. They got this all this list, and and the the term I like is ABCV. <laughs> anything yeah. but COVID vaccine. Yeah, you know what I mean. Anything, anything, anything. The blood clots and the and the heart attacks and oh, oh, it's anything. But he always playing. He was playing sports. Of course, he got a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. He's exerted himself. He got a heart attack. He's running. He was, you're not supposed to run. You know, that's something. Run. Our don't run. Don't sit. Days. Don't sit in the heat. Don't sit in the cold. Uh, don't sit in an airport because airports, the stress from airlines can cause heart attacks. I mean, they got, they're coming out with all this stuff, rapid fire, all these things cause heart attacks, trying to cover. Cover their butts? Yeah. Well, maybe the reason they've backed off on because they've reached the, uh, they've reached the. Uh, Threshold. Nobody else is going to get vaccinated. Yeah. They're, it's At this point, they're just. You know, like it's kind of wasting their, their wheels. They're wasting their money. We need to put our money into something more effective. It's yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, that was just, I mean, I mean, this is just wave one, dude. I mean, there's going to be. The best is beta. Yeah. 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 I mean, they just need to, if we find something scary enough, we'll get everyone vaccinated. We'll get everyone, you know, following our you know, laws and mandates and everything like that. We just got to get something infectious enough and scary enough. Like if they made like, you know, like bubonic plague as infectious as COVID. Or smallpox. Smallpox, dude. Yeah, right there. Like, you know, you'd have more people going after that. But I don't even think it was so much the vaccines that were the main thing they wanted to test out. Just like the control, it's just the control factor. Yeah, like see what I, they could get away with. Yeah, and, yeah, you know I mean? agree. And I mean, this is I I completely agree. Conspiracy land, right? Mm. But when post nine eleven, right, we see the the ATF, right, 
Um, ATF, I'm sorry. Homeland TSA, Security. TSA. TSA, right? yeah. You go into an airport, and it's like those people don't even need jobs. You know what I mean? It's like you got like 40 people out there on the TSA line. It looks like half of them aren't doing anything, and they're, you know, running you over with all these monitors and everything, you know. And we still have air marshals, like, on these planes all the time. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel like that main thing with the, with the TSA is it just it just trains you to, you know, be herded around like cattle. You know, you take off your shoes, take off your belt, throw your stuff in this conveyor belt, line up like this without your shoes, right? Get in this line, go this direction. I mean, I'm working on this, uh, the Brahms dairy farm with this company I'm working with right now doing a construction project. And I just see these cows walking in lines. I'm like, oh, it looks like airport security. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, but it's a control factor that's more powerful than the vaccines themselves. There's people that I know who say like, oh, the vaccines, you know, have a microchip or something. I'm like, I don't know about all that. But I think it's just the exercise of control. What percent of the population can we implore to do something by getting all the experts and all the, the qualified persons? And that's another thing that college and academia has created is this, um, this, this separation between qualified and unqualified, right? It's like, well, you know, I can't speak to this issue because I'm not a biologist or you can't talk about this because you're not a historian. It subcategorizes everyone out. Well, it's like, well, you don't have a sociology degree, so you can't have an opinion. It, it, it separates everything out and then they can elevate someone on a, on a stage or a pedestal. Like yeah. this is the beacon of truth because the they guy. got a, yeah. they got a 10 year degree from some school. Right. Right. And you get into our, well, arguments or, conversations with people like oh well i don't know enough about this stuff to have a conversation it's like yeah maybe not but you can at least have an opinion as a layman you know what i mean everyone's afraid of having a layman's interpretation of the world like that's fine right it's okay to have a basic understanding of the world like as long as you're open to new information right if you're working with what you have as best as you can it's not some sort of sin to you know, not be an expert on something and, uh, you know, people want to. It's an opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's okay to have an opinion and, and, you know, the powers of be want to make people afraid of having opinions or having uh, controversial thoughts or ideas or just anything different than the status quo of suburbia and everything like that. But, you know. Well, I think it's also people, People have a fundamental misunderstanding of how science works and how university research is funded. Uh, take something, take something like, like heart disease, for example. You prob, you fellers probably all think, or maybe at one time you thought that high cholesterol is going to cause you to die from heart attack, right? Yeah, something like is that, that. What you think? You know that? No, I, I never got informed about. About, about heart attacks. Like, I was whole, not really like old guys like, oh, I got to stop eating bacon because that daggum cholesterol. cholesterol. Daggum cholesterol. Uh, yeah. So, so cholesterol is a, is a high cholesterol causing heart disease is a lie. It's a huge lie. And the, the way that it came about is that Procter & Gamble had a bunch of uh, cottonseed holes sitting around, a bunch of waste product, and they found a way to extract oil from these cotton seeds and because they were making back back in the late 1800s they were making soap and candles and they came up with a way to extract oil from these seeds so they got all this cotton seed oil sitting around and it's and they had it 
analyzed and tested, and it's uh, turns out it's low in saturated fat. It's a different saturated. It's called polyunsaturated fat. And there was, I can't remember the dude's name, but there was a researcher that came out with a paper that said saturated fat is what's causing heart disease. And Procter & Gamble took this guy and started throwing money at him and giving him research. So he did he did a bunch of epidemiolo- epidemiological studies. And epidemiology is basically just obs- observation of groups. And, oh, they have, they have no heart disease over here. And they eat fish and, and grains and whatever. And these people over here, they do this. And these people over here, do, that was his, the basis of his research. And they just threw like $2 million at this guy back in the late, in the early 1900s, which is a ton of money back then. And uh, people started using Crisco. And that, I mean, that was a Procter and Gamble. Hey, look, it's low in saturated fat. Here you go. And everybody quit. I mean, back in the 50s, you used to be able to get. your your French fries were cooked in lard, like beef lard. They were delicious, you know, and and that, you won't find that in a restaurant. No restaurant in town. You I, and I've Mason and I went around and 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 asked, well, like uh, Norma's, the Mexican place, soybean oil, really, to, uh, Tios. They use canola oil because it's cheap. It's way cheaper than beef tallow. Turns out this guy uh, found out that his research was wrong. That not only is saturated fat not to blame, polyunsaturated fats that come from seed oils are causing people to get sick from all sorts of things. And but here you have the American Heart Association; they've adopted this. They put it in all the schools. It's just based on bad science. And to this day, I mean, the, the guy's own research that came up with these ideas has been disproven, and he lied about it, and until until his deathbed. Uh, but here we get. This is science, right? Saturated. There's still. If you go into the doctor with with heart with with high cholesterol, they're going to give you a statin drug because that's the cause of your heart disease. But it's really what's causing you to be to have heart disease is polyunsaturated fats, which is every everything in the grocery store is swimming in this stuff, and every restaurant meal that you have is swimming in this stuff. Anyways, I I I just my point is. Uh, Science is about the only it's, science I believe in anymore is engineering. Like it's like the only thing that something that can't be turned into a product and sold by the millions to the American people. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's like no one's buying like a skyscraper, you know, like a thermodynamic principle or something, you know, in mass quantities. And there's not a lot of, you know, consumer money and profit running through it. I mean that's a that's a pretty safe bet, <laughs> engineering. Yeah, well, I mean it's it's like the kid with the stream. You know, you put some rocks across the water, you got a dam, and that's that's this. I can see it. I can make it work for me. I can send it over here to water the crops. I can put a wheel on it and make some electricity. But uh, even I've even lost faith in like astronomy and. Uh, uh, I got a I got a friend that's like a flat earth believer and i was like dude i got a i got a flat earth friend too <laughs> like, dude you're crazy get out of here he's like oh you think so he's like look at this and it's uh it was a video of the 
this guy that went up with the Blue Angels. Are you familiar with these? Yeah. We, we ge- saw him, like, in Tennessee, didn't we, like, at that air show? Yeah. Okay, right, right, right. So, they uh, – it isn't like Tom Cruise. When you when you go to, like, to pull – to do one of those maneuvers, pulling four, five, six, seven, eight Gs, it isn't just like, oh, this is fun. I mean, these dudes are going, you know, like – squeezing their legs and their torso and making this grunting sound. And uh, they had this guy goes into their faces. Like it sinks in dude. Like their cheekbones are more visible. Like I saw a video of like them taking serious G's like that. Like it physically changes their body, dude. It's, it's a gnarly process. Right. Yeah. It's and and then, and then they get these simulation videos where, where they, they have a camera on somebody, you know, the centrifuge where they put you in the, to, to test pilots and like teach them to how to deal with G's, and then the layman's will get in there and they'll they'll pass out. It just this because they don't know how to keep the blood in their brain. Anyways, then he shows me this video of this Soyuz rocket. Are you familiar with? Not familiar. No. With this with this. So we get to space station up there, right? Yeah. Go, going around. Well, NASA's scrapped the shuttle program, so they're not sending up. You know, we're waiting on Elon to to deliver Save us. Save the day. But the Russians are doing it, right? The Russians are sending people up. Well, they, they have these cockpit videos of people on these launches. And these things are pulling five, six Gs at takeoff. 16,000 miles an hour is what they get up to. These people are in here just, like, high-fiving and, 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 like, just looking around the cockpit and pushing buttons and... I'll just it just makes you wonder. It's like what what is going on here? Shouldn't they be like working to stay conscious? I mean, I, I don't know. Anyways, I uh I just I don't know. I don't know if we can believe the people that are that are telling us what's going on. So, or we we should we shouldn't just take it all like this is the absolute truth. Like like oh, Fauci, like man that dude what a snake. Turns out, none of these measures that they were having you do even did anything. Well, that's what we've been saying from day one, right? Like, who's ever cared about, like, getting sick? I mean, I don't go down and get tested. part of living. Yeah. Did you come over here with a sniffle one time? Like, so what? Who cares? I mean, you're going to just, like, all hide in our houses because... You got a cough or a sniffle? It was, or? A, it was a rough flu season, man. I mean, it was a rough two-year <laughs> flu season. Right. And I mean. I don't know. I so mean, yeah, and if you try to minimize that, it's like, well, people, the people have died. People have died. You don't care about grandma. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I cr- care about Heartless. grandma. It's like, yeah, if I'm sick, I'm probably not going to go around grandma. You know, like, that's just common sense. Well, no, no, that's been our policy. Oh, when the kids were little, when when we were sick, we didn't go to church. Right. Stay away from the elderly and Mm -hmm. just didn't take it to church, you know. But, yeah, this stuff's crazy. Yeah. It's like, like, you know, keep your child, your sick child with COVID, like, in a separate room from the rest of the family and keep them away from everyone so it doesn't spread. And it's like, like, you know, my biggest fear about COVID was that I get it and I'd be coughing and hacking. They'd send me home. They want me to get tested or something. I test positive because that's what the tests just do. 
and then the whole office block would get shut down for two weeks and no one could work and we'd lose money. Wasn't concerned about the sickness, just people following the protocols. I'd lose two weeks of paycheck. <laughs> that was my biggest fear with COVID, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, this is dumb. But like I said, it, you have all these people, and I'm sure that everybody that you work with down at the water park or all destined for college. Yeah. Most yeah, of them. I mean, well, if not destined for college, uh, intent upon it. <laughs> well, yeah, that was their, that was their plan, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. It's, it's, uh, why? It's, yeah. <laughs> well, because it's, uh, what I think that people, uh, are hoping for from college is, and what's uh, advertised is this is where you get to pick what you want to learn. This is where you blossom and mm-hmm. where you start to be your own unique, diverse person. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily, except the program of college seems to be set in taking the good virtues left and the productive things and amping them up and out to where they're now to a proportion where they are uh, doing damage instead of being helpful, like, in their correct metered spot of, I mean, you know, you have too much. I mean, you go in confident, and people tell you you're doing amazing, you're doing great, you know, you're you're smart, come check this out. And, you know, your confidence can convert into arrogance. And... From being arrogant, you, well, I mean, you're occupied with something other than what you were trying to do in the first place. You've been diverted. And college is just this system of, uh, tell us what your interests are. We've got something for you to that will interest you. And so, you know, brings people in from all different places and all different interests and instead of teaching, just ends up uh, just kind of blowing up and burning out the potential that was there in the first place and reducing it to something that's workable and usable, kind of like, like a tool or a <laughs> sort of robot or, you know. Um, Reducing a person to a product. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, through they elementary. They become so focused in one aspect they lose the the hole that made them useful. Yeah, and that's kind of, that's the second half of the how I see the process. It's K through twelve is uh, how much can we dole down from these kids? How much of their day to day experience can we take and change towards something just flat? Like how much time can we get them to spend sitting in a chair? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Doing meaningless work. Doing meaningless work that, that they don't feel has any meaning, that they're not engaged with or even attempting to retain because they shouldn't. I mean, except for, you know, a very small percentage who's who end up finding themselves frustrated instead of learning anything. Uh, and so you end up at the end of 12th grade, this, uh, I mean, this person that's been... Uh, you know, been reduced and 
made smaller and less active and less stimulated and and then you you know supposedly set them loose and send them on their journey and it's like show up at the next step it's uh, i mean and then you get through college and you get to the next step of being a worker well because yeah because now you're a debt slave yeah you got a 70 80 120 thousand dollar bill and you can't bankrupt it either no you can't just <laughs> you yeah can't get that's, out of that. that's the slavery yeah aspect and when you're scared about your money you can't go anywhere you can't enjoy things you can't uh i mean it, it's a constant worry mm-hmm. and so i mean that that just keeps people running like a, I mean, like with a carrot on a stick, it's like, you've got to, you got to do this or you're not going to be able to survive. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do if you don't work. It's like you you work and next week you work and creating this sort of, I wouldn't call it a sort of slavery because I mean, there's a kind of a, there's, there's still an aspect of freedom to it, but, and and I mean, there's still the potential for freedom in a work environment, and you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's all bad or that all uh, people who have employees are bad or anything like that. But uh, it's been brought to a point where uh, it's it's like, how little can we provide to you where you will come back next week? Uh, what you know here are my basic expectations. If you fulfill them, then we have a positive relationship and we can continue. And, and so, uh, you just end caught, you end up caught up in it and, you, and there's no, and it gets harder and harder to, uh, undo as you get tied up. It, I mean, you just get more wired and more stressed and worn and, you know, the further you move from, I mean, being uh, productive and functioning well and being healthy and having some sort of peace or, I mean, just happiness or fulfillment day to day, which is, I mean, seems like at a core level what everyone wants is some sort of peace, uh, peace of mind, you know, uh, and, and want to have the sense that everything's going to be okay. And well, you're almost describing God right there. You know what I mean? A sense of fulfillment, a sense of peace, uh, a sense that everything's going to be all right. I mean, that's what a vast majority of people found in religion. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, in a way it's kind of a balm that, uh, soothes the, uh, that kind of the harsh reality of life. It's like, we don't really know what happens when we die, you know, and but that's gone. Religion is, Oh yeah, it's dead. God died in world war two or whatever they said. But, um, well, Nietzsche said that back in the uh, late eight, early eighteen hundreds that 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 science was was uh, going to kill religion, and it has. I mean, it's whenever you. This is kind of why I've lost faith in astronomy. When you think that you're a you're an insignificant ant on a planet that's spinning around a galaxy with a million other planets and a multiverse of multiverses you just like i mean just kind of give up caring about anything and then and then you and then you're open to anything oh yeah i think that's why we're seeing this 
this craziness with gender go down is because people don't really they don't really think there is a god or a devil or a spirit realm or anything it's just uh man we're just here spinning around on this rock it's a it's a a search for meaning and i mean the 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 transgenderism i mean we're going to look back on this stuff in 30 years you know hopefully and look back on it like we looked at the uh, the horrors that were committed in California during the 40s with the uh, eugenics craze that was going on. You know what I mean? Um, uh, are you familiar with that at all? Or No. But basically, um, uh, mentally deficient people, like, you know, uh, like I don't mean this disrespectfully, but, you know, mentally handicapped people, um, uh, parents were just having them, like, castrated or made so they couldn't reproduce or anything like that because they saw it as a, as a benefit, right? It's like, well, the, we don't want them to have kids because that could spread it genetically or something. Um, uh, that was apparently something like the 40s and 30s in, like, California for some reason. I, wow. I'll, I'm trying to remember where I read that. I Man, could I swear on that? I, I think you sent I me a video or something about that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But, but the transgenders, I mean, that's all – it's all tied into the – what – you know, the conservatives use the buzzword of, you know, the woke culture, right? I mean, like the people who describe themselves as woke or what we as, you know, generally conservatives describe as, you know, woke people. Uh, I mean, again, kind of goes back to that sort of educated college type, right? Intelligent, uh, empathetic on some level and almost so much to a fault, right? And, uh, they uh, they try to find meaning in things that are, are meaningless, and they try to find, you know, some form of religion. It's almost like a neo-morality, right? There was this song uh, released by Lizzo, this, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm familiar, but um, she released a song talking about basically, like, you know, cutting off this man's, you know, manhood, essentially, you know, for cheating or whatever, and... That wasn't the objectionable part of the song. The objectionable part of the song to the, the to the leftists uh, was that she said something about being a spaz, which would be an ableist slur because there are people who are spastic, right, who have some sort of neurological condition. That was objectionable using the word spaz, right? They've, they've created this this new age morality and this this religion to follow and these orders and precepts to live their lives by and again it's, it's that search for kind of a deeper meaning man i mean um we crave that that was something jordan peterson was talking about that we crave a, a a god in a way like all humans want some sort of god whether we admit it or not you know what i mean and uh, that's what we're kind of finding in the the transgenderism movement and in the you know the the mind and thought control basically through the wordplay and double speak you know, it's it's all part of that kind of song and dance, this form of, you know, New Age Orwellian religion. But I don't think that it's ne- just the the well educated and the woke. I my you mom so? No, man. My mom was telling me that she had eighth graders that were that were getting on board with this. Uh my I have a relative, not, not a, my, my, one of my brother's friends. His wife just one day is like, I think I'm a lesbian. And left her husband. Yeah. Shaved off her hair, put on boots and jeans, changed her name, moved in with a lady. I mean, just married for like Dang. eight years. And like, 
I think I'm gonna. I think I'm a lesbian. That's what's wrong with you know. Just I, maybe it started with with these people you're talking about, but this yeah, it's moving out into society, man. It's like uh, it's it's crazy. And you say I this I kind of have I kind of have beef with Peterson about about people uh, wanting a god. I I personally, as a Christian, I don't I don't think that you can be a good person without be, without b- believing in Jesus Christ. Uh, the Hindus and the 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 uh, Buddhists they they are into this. Basically, it's Hinduism and Buddhism are really no different than this New Age religion that's that's going around all is one and everything is everything and the earth is in danger from the people. And this is the kind of like thinking that the, that the new world order cats want you to have. That's, that's kind of interesting kind of draw that parallel between the, the kind of the, the Eastern, I guess, uh, religions and mysticism. And yeah, it's, uh, they believe that humanity itself is an existential danger to itself. Right. right? And, that needs to be harnessed and controlled while in, you know, Western Christian, you know, minded society, if not practicing Christians believe that, you know, humanity is generally good and we're overall a benefit to ourselves if we, you know, do the right things, you know, but yeah, continue. I'm sorry. No, uh, you, you've got, that's it. That's yeah. the, that's the essence of it. If, if you don't have a Christian worldview, all roads lead to genocide. Yeah. I mean, we and we've seen it. We've seen it with under underneath uh, Stalin and Mao, and uh, you know that's the first thing that had to go was the family and 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 religion. And yeah, it's it's a danger to the state. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the Christian worldview is that we this world was put here for us. The New Age worldview is that. The world put us here. The earth put yeah. us here, and you know we're now we're going to mess it all up, which uh, is it's exactly the kind of thinking that that they want us to have. These Klaus Schwab cats, like they're it's called Malthusian. It's a Malthusian worldview, and this Malth, Malth, Malthusian guy is 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 the guy that came up with this idea that humanity is on this exponential growth curve and if it isn't something isn't done then humanity will wipe itself out uh by growing to a to a point where the earth can no longer sustain human life or any other life and it's already been proven to be wrong i mean that we're going to hit nine billion people and then it's going to fall off a cliff it's already happening in in japan like they've they're losing like almost a million people a year at this point this uh once you become modernized you stop having kids yeah it's just it's the way it is and i mean we were talking about elon musk and you know how he's probably not a quote good guy but he's one of the few billionaires who has openly stated that the the biggest issue we're going to be facing in the the near to mid future is underpopulation right we're just not going to have enough people Right. I mean, and it's, yeah, like you said, Japan, I mean, they're the the amount of elderly, you know what I mean, is like overwhelming the the Mm -hmm. care facilities and everything like that. And like in China, for instance, like the only one child rule and all this stuff, 
that you have people growing up and having their own children or child and, you know, China, and they've never been around infants. So they have no frame of reference for like, you know, how do you take care of this thing? They don't have a framework or viewpoint, you know what I mean? To understand that, you know, if you live in a family of like, you know, four or three, five kids or something like, you know, you see a baby growing up, you kind of get an idea of how that works, you know what I mean? But they got to go take classes at the community college to, <laughs> you know, know how to, you know, take care of a child. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's getting Orwellian real fast. You know? Yeah. You guys are, a, your family's a diamond in the rocks, man. Like I don't, I don't really know anybody personally that has more than four kids. I uh, I bet y'all both have changed a lot of diapers. Mm, too many. Too many. <laughs> That's why you got out of there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I tailing it out. It's like Catherine gotta... coming, like, nope. Yeah. I'm done. Not for me. Yeah. What's that what what's that like living with seven other people? You got your own room, Xander? Yeah, yeah, I do. You're the, are you you the only one? Uh, I bet they're eyeballing that yeah, thing, huh? Yeah, yeah God, I am. You need to, I am the only one, Sandra. You need to get out of here. Some, <laughs> I'm, I'm needing her, my own room. I bet Birdie's, she's probably like, Sandra, you gotta, you gotta go. They've all got their own fantasy about the, <laughs> what's going to take place when I move out. <laughs> well, I mean, is it Birdie sharing a room with William and Bennett? Yeah, yeah. Man, I can't even imagine what no, that's she's like. She's getting old enough. Yeah, with those two, those two are tornadoes. Yeah, yeah. And she's she's not. She's like very particular, and mm-hmm. she comes over here and makes sure Mason doesn't get out of line. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> but she's so they got their own fantasies, huh? Who's 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 vying for your room? I, well, that's what I was more or less saying. I I think they all kind of wanted it. I'm, I'm not necessarily sure. I know that Maggie wants it. I. I mean, I'm I'm sure Rosie like her own room, but I don't think that she expects it. Or, I mean, and so I mean, obviously, Birdie. I don't even know what the plan is for. So it. pretty pr- pretty much, what we'll do is we'll have uh, Maggie or Rosie will have that room with Catherine, and then Birdie and Maggie or Birdie and Rosie can have the upstairs bedroom together. Uh, so we'll have the girls, girls, and then the two boys will have the one room. Just to get the older girls split from the younger girls and the boys uh, split from the girls. and yeah. You could have a jousting tournament. Yeah, I was thinking like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> just like make it ring out in the front yard and just. Uh, yeah. Catherine wouldn't win, guys. She wouldn't. She'd be out fast. You have to, you have to give her a. Uh, Give her a taser or something. No, just like a Glock 19 would be pretty good, man. I mean, that would be she get she get at least one of her siblings before she goes down. You know, like oh, man. you know, just just like a reflex trigger pull, and you know, there you go, man. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's going all in with the man. Give her a microphone. We're just gonna split the girls and the boys. Oh, yeah, gonna do put the scream the scream <laughs> weapon. Yeah, that would you know, be that, a good. That one. would put everybody on the floor. You give her an amplifier and a microphone, yeah. and that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to you just have to play to their strengths at the yeah. tournament. Yeah. So what's uh what's you guys you guys feel like 
when you have sort of family, you're gonna have a swing for the fence like Dad did, or are you gonna keep it low? What What do you think? You think a, you think a big family's good, or you just keep it keep it smaller? I really like big families. I I think it's a good thing, and I'm uh, extremely. I mean, I, I think that having a large number of children is very interesting. It's very difficult. Uh, the dynamic of it becomes, uh, at some point, uh, a house where you have a very wide array of interests trying to divulge and, well, not trying to uh, divulge, but converge. I mean, and you've got all these kids running around with their own ideas and things they want to share that... And that they're all equally as invested in their own ideas. I mean, and I mean, it's it's like seeing like a stock exchange of some sort. Like, uh, I mean, and it's it's a, cha- I mean, it's ex- very chaotic. But I mean, there's there's a certain type of order which puts itself in place. Uh, but I would, I mean, personally, I. I would say that I expect that I'll have uh, probably somewhere around four children is, or three or four. But it, I think that speaking to it without having, uh, I mean, it would be between my wife and I. I mean, that would, that's going to have an influence on it because I'm, I'm frankly pretty happy with anything. I mean, it's like, it's a good way you know, to you want to you want to have three kids. It's like let's go. You you want to have seven kids. It's like I, I know what we're headed towards. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, uh, so you know, let's do it. And so I'm I'm happy with anything. I good approach. Yeah, I. When you have so many people, you interestingly ends up with this. Uh, kind of independence and individuality develops yeah. because there's too much uh there's too much going on there's too many people for uh like you know consistent uh like direct interaction because i mean just one child you could spend time with and have a back and forth and teach and uh you know go over things and I mean, just the occupation of one child can be enough to engage somebody. And now you have seven who are all competing to be engaged. And, well, there's not seven of you. There's only one. So it ends up creating a sort of independence and, uh, well, I've got to pursue my own interests in a way. I mean, yeah, that, it, yeah. I, I was going to make that point. You made that a lot more eloquently than I would have. But, yeah, it just forces you to branch out and do your own thing to a certain degree. Y'all were probably raising each other, though, right? I mean, more than some... It depends. Yeah, I would say that... uh, Yeah, I would say that I see the children advance their views of the world off of each other. Mm -hmm. And and it's not off of their peers. I don't hear them talking about anything especially interesting with their friends, but they do move information back and forth and go... Hmm, or ah, I don't like that, and you know, I mean, arguments and, but uh, 
Man, I totally spaced. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I mean, what what I could say about a big family, man, uh, is that um, when I was younger, you know, when I was like 13, I was like, oh, man, this sucks. You know, like I got to, you know, uh, that, that competition for, you know, talking with your parents or getting an warden edgewise, you know, or whatever. It's like, oh, this sucks. You know, you got to help take care of your siblings or whatever. But as I've gotten older and, like, I've seen – each of my siblings um, grow up and become their own person, right? With their own just different personality, their own viewpoint on stuff and their own way of approaching life and just how unique they are as mm-hmm. people. Um, I, if like my parents had just been like, okay, we're, we're done, right? At like kid four or kid five, Right, we still would have had other ones that, you know, the world wouldn't have been blessed by their presence. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, uh, and that's kind of something I look at is that it's almost a tragedy. You know, if you could have more kids to not in a way. And again, people will disagree with me on this pretty strongly. Right, and this isn't a judgment against people who, you know, may control the size of their family or whatever. Right, but the world loses something by depriving you know, by depriving the world of, of another person, right? Because they're going to be their own type of individual and they're going to contribute something to the world, even if it's something small and it's nothing really, really important, you know, it's still something, it's still still a person, it's still unique and it's still inherently valuable, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, to, you know, not see Catherine, you know, grow up and, you know, develop into who she's being or, you know, you know, the other ones, you know what I mean? It's just, um, they're their own people. And I can't remember their names either. What's that? <laughs> I can't remember their names either. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of my viewpoint on it. So yeah, it's, I, I think for, for me, you know, I'd probably like to find someone, you know, who's on the same page of like, you know, as, as, as many as God will give. Good. You know? Yeah, that's good. Um, don't let, yeah, let God, let God control the size of your family. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, that's so cliche, but I mean, it's just the nah, truth. Nah, dude, man. you, I, I think you, I think that you guys need to get, get a, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you what you should or shouldn't do, but just I, what I see coming is there's going to be this uh, social justice warrior type mentality with, with. Oh, well, I only had one child because I care about the planet. Oh, yeah, reduce that carbon footprint. Yeah, you know, it's that, like that's that's going to be a – and it's already – people are already saying – I mean, not oh, yeah. half the people I know say there's too many people on the earth. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking there's, about? Like, yeah. you don't – are you a – are you a, like a some sort of a, a population scientist? Where do, you, where do you get this information? How do you know that? Okay, they've been saying that for they've been saying there's too many people on the planet for like 500 years. It's just it's just dumb. And uh, you know we we've already talked about it. Like I've heard that too that there's gonna be a there's gonna be a real problem. Not enough people real soon. And uh, one aspect that I see that I've I've started we started my wife and I like well, we're just gonna have two. I pretty much said that, you know, being the controlling and everything. And I kind of had a, uh, uh, I don't know, come to Jesus moment and changed my whole worldview and kind of just like, I need to quit trying to control everything and 
just kind of let let it let it happen but one thing that you guys are i think is really going to be cool in 30 years and hopefully keith will be around to you know be still be spry enough to enjoy it but when you got you have eight people that are having big families like that's yeah. going to be that's going to be some fun christmases man but you got 50 60 people and all you know and and hopefully they'll all be homeschooled and they'll all they'll all keep their individuality and oh, not dude they'll be so weird man <laughs> the weird weirdness kids, is the best man. though man yeah. it's like uh well like black man like william for example i i re- i really like both of those little boys but but uh you know bennett for his this He's just like the most kind-hearted little, you know, little kid I've ever one of the most kind-hearted kids I've ever met. But William is all he's got. He's got these ideas, and just like what? Where did you get that from? Like he saw this three D printer that my buddy has loaned me, and he's like, "Hey man, you need to three D print me up a a model rocket uh, holder so I can put a put Legos on it, and then we can launch that thing in a parking lot." <laughs> I was like. That is a brilliant idea. Like he that, didn't even say like you know 3D print me a rocket. He just said a rocket holder, a rocket base. He wants yeah. something base. to hold the hold the motor. Yeah, so that he can build the rocket. On. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like a dumb kid. Like they want you to just make the whole thing with the 3D printer. He just wants just no, 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 just one component. I'll make the rest of it if you yeah. just make this one. The component, one thing that Bob. I can't make myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. You can't. So what public school does is it squashes that. I mean it. Oh yeah. And if I it mean, can't squash it, it'll it'll ask the parents to drug it out of them. Yeah. And if they won't drug it out of them, they'll isolate that child and put him in with the all the other kids that can't be. Yeah. Uh, um. It, so you talked about no. You talked about eugenics in the forties. Yeah. Public school is a eugenics program. Uh, you sh- you guys should check out. If, I don't know if you've ever looked into him, but John Taylor Gatto. He's like godfather of 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 homeschooling, but what public school does is it selects a leader class, it selects a working class, and it selects an underclass, and it separates these classes so that those children will mate with each other, and they will you you will have these breeder class these you leader class lines you have these working class lines you have and it all is neatly separated and children like william that that can't be that can't be controlled uh and put into a into a desk to, for 8 hours a day they'll, they'll they'll move them to a different class altogether if if you won't drug them they'll move them out of the class so not because they're dumb or they have learning disabilities just because they won't they, they won't comply. They, they won't, won't comply, right? And then, the, and then they get scooped up uh, by the prison system most of the time. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> you know, that was something I was thinking about. Is that the guy, the the people in the prison system, they're disagreeable people. They uh, disagreeable men, right? They resent authority. Um, they don't want to follow society's predetermined rules yep. and setups, right? And uh, in a way, again, they're they're ostracized from the system because they won't fall into it, mm-hmm. right? And then you also have other factors like fatherlessness and, and things of that nature. But I'm looking at like some core sort of attributes. Um, modern society was built by disagreeable men, 
Modern yeah. society was built by men who were enraged at a equivalent like dollar tax or something on their tobacco, and then they started a war over it with their parent country to create the United States, right? Uh, it was created by men who didn't want to be told what to do. Uh, they didn't want to be controlled. They didn't want to fall into line. Um, they, it, they didn't want to work for anybody. Either. Yeah, that's exactly. But all those all those things are, are negatives, right? And then as well as the eugenics program, the, the, the government education system is a tool for the feminization of uh, the masculine, right? Government school does not try to channel uh, masculine energy in young men in productive ways. It's squashed, like you said. That, And, I mean, that's that's a really dangerous thing because just because you make men agreeable and less likely to fight, it doesn't make them good, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It actually makes them more resentful. It makes them angry. They, 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 they build up this anger inside of them, right? And I think this isn't definitely all of it. But, I mean, like these kids who go out and shoot up their schools, right, Um, uh, that they were controlled in ways and made to think in ways and ostracized in certain ways. Uh, And then you combine that with some other unstable family factors and everything else, and you, you got someone who's really unstable, is really disconnected from reality in a lot of ways, and and they can do a lot of scary stuff in that state. That's public school isn't the only cause of that, but um, uh, you know, uh, I think there's some factors that contribute to that that environment. You know, um, well, I think public school. Uh, well, I don't remember the guy's name that shut up Columbine. Eric Harris, I think. You can go his his uh, everything that he wrote that they could find. It's online. You can. Mm-hmm. You should Eric check Harris. Eric Harris, yeah, you should check that out. Uh, he, what, what it, what school does? Another, another, like, um, aspect of it is it's a, it's like a chicken yard. You you put all these children into this building, and then this fenced compound on the outside, and there's a an order that's established, and those children that are weird like you said that your your future family is going to be hopefully yeah they are singled out and pecked and pecked and pecked until they uh either conform or they shoot the school up (laughs) i mean it's like or or they or they you know they just fight or or uh you know get themselves expelled or or go to like some other you know what was it uh can't remember what they call it, alternative education. <laughs> like oh, jeez, that's menacing. Off site, an off site place for problem kids. Um, just a quick note on the overpopulation thing. This is the most like layman, redneck way to look at the world. But I was flying back from Washington State like April of last year, and it was nighttime. It was like 10 o'clock on this plane, and we're flying probably somewhere over like Colorado or something. I'm looking out the window, and there are no lights. There's no houses, there's no lights, there's no streets, there's nothing. It's just empty. And I probably looked out that window for the better part of two hours going, I don't know how many miles an hour in this Delta airline plane. I'm thinking, and people say there's an issue with, there's we're, we're running out of space for people. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a lie. There yeah. are thousands of miles of expansive 
areas of land that we could build in, right? Like, I mean, the Mormons went out there to Utah, man, and they built themselves a whole city out there on a salt lake. You know what I mean? You want to talk about an inhospitable place to, to build something, and they did it. You right. know what I mean? That's yeah, it's there's overpopulation if you live in L.A. But but yeah, I mean, and then the overpopulation. I mean that you know the the crowding. I mean that goes into the schools as well. You know what I mean? That's probably another factor with it. Is you know you have this overcrowding of people, and um, you know I don't know. It's kind of like the prison system on, on a certain level, right? And, and I've never been to prison, obviously, but you know, um, uh, the the regimen the uh, the order of everything, right? Again, the, the social classes, the, the pecking order you talk mm-hmm. about, right? Um, it, it's kind of a, a form of that in a way. But. The, uh, when I was in grade school, uh, I had a friend of mine and his dad had a slaughterhouse. And he made the reference. He was like, he said, I see everybody playing out here at lunchtime. He said, the bell rings and they all start moving in. He said, it looks just like the slaughterhouse. Yeah. He said, it's just like a slaughterhouse. Pied Piper. I was what, like, man. Yeah. What, what, uh, did you, did you, Ted, have you ever been in school? No. What made you decide that public school wasn't for your family? That was more Lindsay's push. Did she you, wanted to homeschool them, and I thought, yeah, that's great. You didn't ever fight her on it? No, 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 no. There's too much. I mean, you see, like when I was in, well, I should say, when the guys that I went to school with were in their senior year, uh, they told me, oh, yeah, we had eight balls of cocaine, and, you know, anybody, go get cheerleaders. If you got an eight ball of cocaine, you can have parties, and you know what I mean? So, And I kind of missed that. I dropped out when I was a junior. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, but all the stuff, and, and I would think back, because we had met some homeschool families, you know, uh, before we got married, and uh, and I would think back, and it's like, what do I remember from grade school? You know, I learned to read. I learned basic math, a little bit of history stuff, but not much, not much, you know. But what, are, what were the bad things I learned? I learned about that and that and that. You know what I mean? All kinds of stuff. I mean, I could cuss good when I was in first grade, mm-hmm. you know. And so, well, let's just talk about homeschooling. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. You know, I didn't know how to do it. She didn't either, but she figured it out. Yeah. So, I mean, that was always the obvious choice. Because <clears throat> it's not just what you learn, but what you don't learn, Right. And and I'm not big on sheltering kids from everything, but there's a time, there's an age where they can process things. And before exposing them to something before they can are capable of processing understanding is not a good thing. It dam it's damaging. Right. I think that's that that excuse or that line that's often used on people that choose the homeschool of sheltering your children is is uh is misguided. At best, because uh, is there, and I'm kind of stealing from John Taylor Gatto here, is there a idea crazier than taking your adolescent child, your four- or five-year-old, and dropping them off at a strange building with strange people for a period of 12 years? That, I mean, if you just say it, like, well, we're going to take Catherine to... 
the pink house in town, and we're going to just leave her there. We'll pick her up at three for the next 12 years. I mean, if you would have said this to people like 300 years ago, they they would pull a gun on you. You're not touching my kid. Right. I mean, you want to talk about destruction of the family, right? By the woke, by the liberals that Mm -hmm. they're pushing for the destruction of family. I mean, what better way to start it out? Right. Than to have the kids torn from the family. Spend more time with the state than they do their own folks. Oh, yeah. That's a crazy idea. Mm-hmm. But if if you get enough people to do it, it's like the vaccine thing. Like, man, I, I have I have good friends that got that. And I was like, what'd you do that for? Well, I don't know. You said, it, you said I should. Yeah, I gotta do it. It's like, but why did you do it? Did you even... Did you even like pull Google up and ask Google if you should do it? There's a there's a mechanic no. that I work with and he just he's going he wanted to get his second Pfizer shot Friday. Yesterday. Yesterday. After yeah, the yesterday. CD said it's all BS. After, right. And and I'm like Bro, and, what are you doing? I know he got his first one, right? And he told me, Yeah, I, I after afterwards said, Yeah, I got my first shot. I said, Why why'd you do that? Well, I want to go on cruises. You don't need I'm to like, go on cruises, bro. I said the, I said you, but I I don't know, and I'm just like my mind's blown. I'm like after, after everything, everything that's come out, yeah, to this point, and and it's still not all uncovered yet. But what's been uncovered, and and I just and I don't know, and he's not paying attention. I guess I don't know. I get these stickers. I got there's a thousand of them. I didn't. I printed out a bunch. These are just people that just died. Uh huh. Like a well, yeah, like just. A uh, uh, student dies six weeks after a second Moderna injection. Uh, shut up and get the vaccine. Jab enthusiast dies after second shot. I mean, there there are videos of people. I mean, I don't want to get back on the COVID thing, but yeah. it's but hard to stay off of it. it. Man, it is so crazy. Uh, but if you get enough people to do it, like this transgender thing, it just like it's it turns into some sort of a of its own virus. It's like a social contagion. And then I've had my, I've had good family members come out here and tell me that I'm crazy for homeschooling my own children. You're going to mess them up. What are you doing? They're how are they going to be socialized? How are they going to learn to do this and do that? I mean, what are you talking about? Like you, you don't even, have you done any research yourself? No, but, you can't be doing this. Like, have you have you opened? To, have you read any books about the subject that you're trying to tell me about? No, I mean, there's there's no there's no good research uh, to say that that a child needs public education for anything. Mm-mm. Like, there's no data to support that the child that's uh, that's homeschooled is. And I would I would say there's more data to support that the homeschool kids do better. Uh, as far as like on uh, ACTs and SATs and, uh, you know, in general. But it doesn't matter if you get enough people to do it. Uh, and I think that's why they push so hard for these things. Is and it just right. kind of takes on a life of its own. Well, and, and one of the things we've seen uh, homeschools that the boys don't interact so much with kids their own age. So they don't learn to re- relate to children 
they interact with people at church mm. and they learn to relate to adults, mm. which as they become adults, they can still relate to adults. You know what I mean? Right. And so that, that's a huge benefit. And people want to talk about socializing the kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're being taught to live in the environment they're going to live in, not, homogenized group of children that it's mm-hmm. their same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean like like when you get a bunch of kids together who are all the same age, they it's very like it gets very tribalist very quickly. Yeah, it's like Lord oh, of the well, Flies, you're, man. Well, you're Good in point. a you're in a grade lower than us, so you can't play with us. Like I mean, like we had some friends growing up and um their family, they had like all girls except their one son. I think he was like four years younger than us or whatever. And we were like, you know, 12 and 14 or whatever. And we'd like run around, you know, their property and, you know, go build tents and huts and crap or whatever. Right. And like the whole idea of like age is a construct of like, well, we can't interact with you because you're four years younger than us. Like it, like it, it, it kind of, remove the the boundaries that are imposed by the the rigid grade system and again like you said the lord of the flies right Mm -hmm. when you when you only learn to socialize with people your age you you almost create this unintentionally create this own society of children but outside of that you know time where you're in school like that type of societal interaction doesn't hold any value and weight and like you were saying dad is that um uh, interacting with adults and speaking with adults and learning to being raised to be an adult and not being raised to be a child. Right. And learning to speak as an adult. And, you know, that's, that's far more important than learning how to socialize with people in your own, um, you know, age group and do all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, life goes on, man. But It goes the other way too, though. I, I never really thought about it like that, but, uh, uh, that school, I mean, it makes sense though. That school, it makes it to where you you see children that are younger than you as inferior, and oh, those that are older than 100%, you. Yeah. yeah, but when you when you don't like in a situation like your family's in, where you've got you know an eighteen or nineteen year old and a two year old. As Catherine, she's two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you you also learn to be nurturing. And to include a two-year-old and 18-year-old, 19-year-old games, which is just as important as interacting with with the elderly. I think it's important yeah. to, to be able, because you don't get that, you don't get the interaction with young children in, in public school either. Like it's, they're in a completely different building across town, uh, which I think is a huge disservice. Like I, I've, when I was a teacher for a year at Whitebead, which is a K through pre-K through eight. And I made it a point to get the sixth grade students that I had in the same room with the pre-K kids as much as I could, at least once a week, Uh, as much as the pre-K, because I didn't give two two craps about the curriculum they asked me to teach. I was trying to, you know, help these children, like, you know, see their own potential. But it's amazing to get, older kids and younger gets together. They feed yeah. off of each other and they learn so much. And, um, uh, well, I think both get an equal amount, but it's, it's just by design again, to, to create that, that, uh, compartmentalization. Of, yeah. You know, more easily to control all these yeah. people. 
disequilibrium uh kind of how i think it's like a top that's spinning and it's like what are what are all the different tools in our box we can take to just tap this top and just make it spin a little different you Mm -hmm. know how can we knock that out of rotating the way it's supposed to Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah are you guys gonna you guys gonna home you gonna homeschool your kids xander yeah absolutely I, I don't it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I don't I don't see any I could never conceive of sending my kids to a public school. I I mean that I mean I I used to I used to go back on and forth on the ideas of like uh private schooling, but oh, that Ain't nobody got money for that's, that. That's it's not any different either. No. It's the same thing. Yeah, and yeah, I I think that yeah, it's the only way that makes sense to me that I can see uh, creating productive members of society. I mean, right. that actually advance uh, the good things, you know, like, I mean, uh, creating positive people. It's not going to lie and sending them to a very long, uh, you know, from from the time that they're able to, you know, communicate when they're from the time that they're fully like cognitive, cognitive, take them in, until the time that they're, you know, firmly into their adulthood. It's like, you're ours, you know, we yeah. teach you whatever we want in this time. It's like, I can't, I can't even consider of doing that to my children. I, I mean, have you guys seen the lips of TikTok uh, uh, pages? I, I quit watching it. I can't take it. I mean, it. it's it's revolting, man. What is I, it? Uh, lives of TikTok. So basically, it's this person on Instagram who's compiled all these, you know, I, I won't even say liberal because, like, these people aren't, like, liberals. Like, liberals are people who think that, like, more taxes is good. Like, leftists is really the way to describe it, but um, who want to take your children and, and, and teach them about, you know, like going around the classroom asking, well, what are your gender pronouns? Well, what are gender pronouns? Well, let me tell you. And they're, they're indoctrinating them with their own sexual orientation, talking about their sex lives and stuff like in this. In the classroom? In the classroom, oh, yeah. dude. Look it up. Libs of TikTok, it's, man. It's a conservative that's compiling yeah. all of these liberal, woke uh, uh, people from t- from. TikTok? Oh yeah, TikTok, yeah. And and to to show people what what's going on. And I can't even watch it. I mean, yeah, it's so it's, it's so stomach. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, they're seeing that stuff, it's like um these are the people that are attracted to public education. Um uh, I went to this uh, theater thing at OU. Uh, buddy of mine was doing an acting thing there, or whatever. And anyway, um, I was sitting next to this girl, and we were talking back and forth. And she has a redhead, so anyway, we we're talking back and forth. I'm like, "Oh, what's your major? Oh, I'm doing early childhood development. Uh, gonna be teach." She said she's gonna be teaching. I'm like, "Oh, what well, do you want to be like a professor, or do you want to like go do like like grade school education?" She's like, "Honestly, like." Younger the kids, the better, because they can't talk back to you, you know? (laughs) And I heard that, and I'm like, these people who want a captive audience are attracted to the public education system, and it's terrifying that uh, it's, it's like, so you want someone who can't challenge your viewpoint, someone that couldn't say, hey, I don't 
think that's right. You know, they don't want that. They don't want any sort of dialogue back and forth because they had a conversation with, you know, people their own age about their viewpoints on life. Like, they probably get laughed out of the room, right? But if, you know, they got themselves a little degree, a little slip of paper that says they can teach children, well, now they can espouse their viewpoints to just these, you know, young, malleable minds, man, and they can just impose their thoughts about any sort of rebuke or challenge or, or anything, dude. And, um, and the libs of TikTok videos showing, you know, these teachers indoctrinating these children with their own personal viewpoints on gender and sexuality and um, everything, right, is an example of these people who want to have this, this captive, innocent audience, quite frankly. Yeah, um, they should be arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. That's, that's criminal. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that girl that you were talking to, she knows, she knows absolutely nothing about human learning. The way, especially with with children that are that are four, five, six years old, the best way to teach them is to put them in a room with a bunch of stuff, and you sit there, and whenever they whenever they see something that they like, they come to you. I don't know what to. I don't know what I. I they, if they ask for help, that's whenever you step in. That's the best way to teach a young child, like especially, but to 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 have a. I want them to sit there and listen to me, like, yeah, some psycho uh, it's stuff. Man. This is golly, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, um and dude, I, as much as you have, you know, some beef with old uh, JP Jordan Peterson, um, I he was talking about how, um. Uh, he, he's really big on this concept of rough and tumble play that he talks about for childhood development. That's something, another mm-hmm. thing that a uh, public school takes that factor out of, uh, and also helicopter parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, don't, I don't, I don't miss. Okay, so uh, let me, let me correct <laughs> Clarify myself. Your Jordan Peterson. I, I, I have, I have a problem with Jordan Peterson's view of, of religion because mm. he, he approaches it all from a, from a archetyp, archetypical. Oh, uh, well, this is, you know the Babylonians, they were like this, and then the the Jews, they were like this, and this is what Noah was talking about, and this is the story of Genesis, and like I, I feel like it's a that that's my part, but as far as his, uh, he's kind of like reverse engineering like religion from a academic background, like he's taking all yeah. the stuff you see in academia, yeah. and he's trying to make sense of it through that lens, but it's still this academic lens. He's still a classic liberal. He's still, uh, he's still like disheartened with the problem that he helped create. Cause he's a Harvard professor for a long time. Yeah. But I mean, as far as his, his view on the family, like I owe that man, my marriage for the most part. Oh, uh, he, Yes, I read his book, 12 Worlds for Life, and I was like, yeah, I'm going back to my wife. <laughs> I mean, Dang. It's like, so, but but go ahead. Yeah. You you were saying about his uh, rough and tumble play. Yeah, but he's talking about that, that, um, like, children to just, like, properly develop, they need to, like, I mean, for lack of a better term, just rough house of each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially at a young age because they learn, you know, what da- hurts dads, them. Dads need to play with. Yeah. yeah. What hurts themselves, what hurts other children, Mm -hmm. right? And in that physical realm of, like, figuring out, oh, if I, like, you know, take my 
elbow and plant it directly in this other kid's face, they're going to start crying, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that to them. It helps them understand those boundaries of like, you know, I don't want to hurt them, right? We still want to keep this thing going and bouncing back and forth. Um, But then those also, uh, those same uh, boundaries are discovered in that are also applied to social interactions, right? Learning like, you know, exactly what they're going to say, how that's going to, you know, impact or, or do whatever is basically just verbal socialization. You know what I mean? Uh, but again, another thing that has been taken out in that process of the, you know, the, the government learning um, yeah. conveyor belt. They've got 15 minutes for recess. Yeah. Hey, well, and, and well, out of here. That's an atrocity. That's child abuse right there. Bro, for a five-year-old, they get 15 minutes to eat, 15 minutes to, That's a, to do research. Up the street at, at White Bead? Yeah, so I went I went out there for a year. I was kind of, it was kind of when I was having marital issues and I was like, I need to go back to school and get a job and so I can, you know, support support the family. And, uh, and then Autumn was like, well, if you're going to go out there, I want to go out there too. So we let her enroll and, uh, she, I mean, they put a timer on him, put a timer on her for, she had to go to the bathroom. You got, well, you got two minutes or whatever to, to, to do your bathroom stuff and 15 minutes for recess, 15 minutes for lunch. And then they can't talk while they're at lunch. Uh, and I now, and I, I was only there a year, but I, I wasn't out there for, but during COVID, man, they had like, they had ropes and across the playground where they had to stay in these squares. They the the, the teachers love that crap. Oh my. They they love they love rules. They love Gestapo, man. People. They'd be they'd be good Auschwitz see, guards. <laughs> and, and I always kinda had this impression that like, oh it's a smaller school, you know. Like it's probably a little bit less, you know, soul oh no it's draining. It's right in there with the rest of them. I I used to mow this yard for this preschool uh, here in uh, kindergarten. Oh, I guess it was a preschool, right? Because it's like where you drop your kids off before you can bring them to public school. Like a daycare. Daycare, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I'm just, like, moving around the toys in this daycare, man, like the little slides and stuff. And it's, like, all these toys and stuff in the backyard of, like, this house have been converted into a daycare. I'm like, this is really depressing. Like, this is just someone's house that they turned into a daycare. Like, there's really nothing going on here that's mentally stimulating. You know what I mean? No. It's, it's just like, a, it's just a for-profit sort of thing going it's on. It's like... prison for little kids. Yeah, it's a prison for little kids. It's well, like... Parents can work. And, man, if you want parents, to... Get, parents, parents, do you say... Go ahead, you, Ted. You, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, no, I, I, I just want to... I just want to go off on something that Keith said, but go ahead. This is really down the rabbit hole, man. But like now in society, we've normalized a two income family yeah, here we go. with the, this is, this is what I was like with yeah. the, with the sexual revolution, right? With mm-hmm. the, the invention of the, the, the rubbers, you know, the and pill, the, the, the pill, yeah. right. That suddenly, you doubled the workforce overnight, mm-hmm. right? Where women were traditionally, you know, they were either, you know, in the process of, you know, having a kid or, you know, raising children and taking care of the household and the homestead and all this stuff. Suddenly you 
doubled the workforce, which diluted the wages basically in half, right? And now you put yourself in a position where you have to have two parents working to earn the same amount as they did well, pre two parent households, two income households. Remember, remember what else happened at the same time the pill came out was the Nixon took the United States off the gold standard and we entered the age of 71 man. Yeah. We entered the age of fiat currency. I and mean, a lot of people don't understand like fiat currency is the reason that you have to have two incomes because your money is just worth less every year. Yeah. It's, it's you, go ahead. What kills me is that I think it's the fed. It's like, well, we want to try and, uh, reach a uh, 2% inflation per year just to just to grease the wheels on the economy. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, grease the wheels on the economy as in, like, if I have $100,000 in the bank at 2% per year over a decade of lost, what, $20,000, mm-hmm. right? Like, th- they've stolen $20,000 out of my bank account through inflation yeah. in a decade. That's not greasing the wheels on the economy. That's that's theft, theft. right there. And yeah. everyone screams and whines about taxation. It's like, I wouldn't care about taxation if they weren't stealing our money through the fiat inflation. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's the real crime here, not the taxes, man. I can live with taxes, but it's the... But you can get around the taxes. Yeah, that's exactly it. You can, you, you can get a good accountant and... Well, I mean, that's what all the rich people do. Do you know that Bezos... Uh, File he he qualified for the child tax credit. Wow! <laughs> How about that? And claimed it. And he claimed it. Well, well it's his money. You know, that's, that's yeah. he, he's just a poor guy in need. You know, the right. company just takes care of him. He's at their mercy. You right. know, it's like no, but the inflation is uh because they take that. That's what that's what irks me is they take that money and make money with it and then pass on the loss to you and me. You know, it's uh. With the, are you talking about the, the tax fiat, credits? I'm talking about fiat oh, currency. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's... I, and I, but I, I still think that people... I, I still, still think that it's a choice, though, to make... Because you guys are making it work. You have, you have a family of, of you know, yeah. 10 people, and, yeah. you, and you're doing it on one income. So don't tell me that you need two incomes. It's just a... It's a matter of choices yeah sacrifices what what are you willing to do without uh you and i mean you guys don't seem you see everybody's got clothes and shoes and you got grass-fed beef i mean a lot of that a lot of that earlier on was uh lindsey shopping and finding good prices on stuff and Mm-hmm. Cherry picking the uh, stores, you know what I mean, for whatever's on sale and nothing else. And uh, I mean, most of the most of the stuff we had, like like I told you, we hadn't. Our furniture was all from garage sales. None of it matched, mm-hmm. you know. And and most of their clothes were, except for like birthdays and stuff, birthdays and Christmas. Most clothes were Goodwill clothes, which they wear just fine, right? You know? uh, but Lindsay made up for the lost income in saving us money. Yeah. Cooking at home instead of going out to eat and uh yeah. I mean that's that that's winding about that's, a new car. That's whining right. about a new house. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. just being a good wife though. I mean I, I'm glad to hear that you I'm glad to hear that you are giving her so much credit, but like 
frankly, that's what all women should be doing is is trying to find a way to make make it so one of the parents can be home with the children, yeah. and you're not having to hand them over to the state. Like that's, I mean, I, maybe I'm just a, an outlier here, but it's in, that's insanity to me what we are doing with our kids because, uh, I not only have I like studied it. I was indoctrinated into it, and I went and got a degree in education and spent three years teaching, teaching, which is basically just you're just a, like a lab technician slash prison guard. There's no real teaching going on there. That's, pu- what public school is about is all the things that aren't taught. That's what the, the real end goal is, is the the bell, like the bell ringing, the raising your hand to go to the bathroom, lining up to to go to lunch and and order and sitting there and filling in your little circles about algebra questions that you could give two craps about. Uh, I mean, you're, the, no kid cares about any of it. The only kids that that enjoy public school are the are the ones that enjoy the pat on the head. Oh, you did so good on the test. The, and those are your leaders. Those are the those are the ones that get the valid Victorian, and then they get the scholarship. And then they then if they make it to the Ivy League, then they get scooped into politics, because they're very good at taking orders mm-hmm. and doing exactly what they're told and not questioning anything. And that's the kind of people that we want running things. Deep state, <laughs> <laughs> like they're not the deep state, but like you know that's what you're referring to. Here. Exactly. Well, yeah, I'm stating the obvious. That's I'm really great at that. Tell you what, yeah. yeah. Well, fellas, what y'all think? Good talk. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you and kind of setting this up and inviting uh, me yeah. and Ted out here to we should do talk. this more often. Yeah, absolutely. Good I'd, talk. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd, yeah. Cool, man. Me too. I, I did too. Uh, Maybe next time we can we can get a get some get some cigars. I heard you I heard you guys are cigar smokers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's funny is the difference in interaction because the first time I'd ever talked to you and had interactions with you is when I was working in an insurance office and doing your insurance stuff. And mm. what I noticed is there's a huge difference between the face that a person wears when they go to talk to their insurance agent and the face they wear when they're talking with their friends and family and acquaintances and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's interesting to see that separation between a very uh, kind of a, a baseline conversation, right, in a sort of professional environment to kind of take to a more kind of uh, authentic type of place. It's interesting to see that kind of difference right there. And it's, it's cool to see that different part of somebody and just, you know, meet that person on a more real level, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. I like the, I like this setup for a lot of the reasons that Dander was talking about. You, you kind of are forced to participate and give your entire, like all of your attention. Cause I mean, there's that red button. It's like, well, I, you know, I better pay attention If somebody's talking to me and I don't know what's going on. I'm going to look real stupid <laughs> and it's going to be on tape. Uh, not, not saying that, you know, I, I like to, we've done this so much that I kind of forget about it, but it really, uh, people, when people come in here, they really seem to enjoy the, enjoy it for some reason. But I think it's because it, it's, it's really engaging. You really 
are listening to each other and trying not to hog the microphone and uh we should do it more often i I really enjoy having you fellers out here get get good things to say and good insight into into a lot of things that i have no clue about like this uh, uh being out in the world with 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 because my peer the my peers the kids my age uh i hang out with with people like your dad that we we spent our childhood without these things so we know what it was like to somebody would call your house and hey, is keith there he's gone well i need to talk to him it's like well you just have to wait till he comes back <laughs> when's that gonna be I don't know. Maybe, maybe dark. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Leave him a message. Yeah, was, <laughs> I'll write a note here for you. Uh-huh. Those are good times, man. Like, it was, a, it was a. I don't know. It was a lot less anxiety about having to s- stay in touch with somebody. Like now, if you if you go somewhere and you don't take a phone and you don't tell somebody where you're going, you're gonna get in trouble. You're gonna get an you're gonna get an ass you Perkins, per- persons you're gonna get your your face on a side of a carton of milk. You know what I mean? It's like like you left me on red for two days. You didn't respond. We figured you've been like kidnapped or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, see so you fellers in the in the church tomorrow. You gonna spend the night? You gonna be around, Ted? I'm probably gonna head up to Norman. Uh, I've, I've been going up to a uh, an Eastern Orthodox church and kind of kind of testing the waters with that, you know. Wait a second. Where's that church at? It's on 12th Street. It's in Norman? Yeah, it's in Norman. What? Why uh why Eastern Orthodox? Because I mean, what who 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 or why or who who were you? Because I cuz I uh, funny story, I've been also looking in Eastern Orthodoxy uh, myself. So like, if I'm going to be totally honest, like, I just drove by it a couple times, and I'm like, uh, it's a weird-looking church, man. And anyway, I kind of Googled it and looked at it. I'm like, oh, the Orthodox Church has is, like, the original tie-in from the Apostles. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the, the Orthodox Church, and this is what really sold me on it. They had this uh, guest priest, by the way. Priests are allowed to be married in the Orthodox Church, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's really attracting the same kind of, you know, pedophile crowd, no. you know, with the, the East, Roman most Catholics. Most Eastern Orthodox guys are real are real down on the on the Catholic Church. Yeah, they, they see they view Protestant and and Protestants and evangelicals as like the same yeah. thing, dude. And like, evangelicals too. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of weird, but uh, the thing that really sold me is this old guy, this priest. He came in and he said that. The Orthodox Church does not and will not seek to change itself to make it more relevant with the culture of this present age. Mm. We stand as a, a rock, a solid place in sand, and uh, to be unmoved by time because we, we have the blessing of God and we, we follow these things. I'm like, that's a mighty big claim, but if that's true, having that level of commitment to not changing into having traditions, that is that's something important. Yeah. Because I mean, even in the the evangelical and the Protestant churches, there's there's a shifting with the times. Well, and even nothing morally corrupt like, you know, like, you know, we're, you know, accepting gay marriage or whatever, what have you, right? Um uh, but like 
like the whole youth group thing with the Protestant church is like, oh, we got to throw a pizza party to get the youth groups in here so we can do this. And we got to go do cool things and go to cool places so we can mention Jesus for five minutes and that's it. It's like, that's that's not the point. The, the point is to tell people about what's going on and, you know, urge them to follow Christ. You know what I mean? Um, but... I don't know. It's uh, it's something I'm still looking at. I'm definitely not married to it. There's a lot of things that are uh, very foreign and still trying to kind of read up on it and kind of understand it fully. So yeah. Well, hey, let me know because uh, I might if you start going, I might I might go with you yeah. some Sunday. Yeah. Because I've been I've been looking into Eastern Orthodoxy myself. Uh, it's for the same the same reasons that you're that the old guy had said. Yeah. Because of the way they view evangelicals and Protestants, but and I also, so the way I think about Christianity now is like you are either all in, or why are you even there? Yeah, like what you might as well just go, just go like go nuts. You either are all in, or you should just. And I mean, Jesus even said that. I would rather you be evil or good. Riding the fence is gross. Yeah. So, and. And I, I, I kind of sent, I, I started looking into uh, uh, the founding fathers and the founding of this country in Washington, D.C. And man, there's a lot of, uh, I, I sent Keith a, the dimensions of the Washington Monument. Do you, did What's he, up with that? The Washington Monument is at the base, it's 666 inches wide, squared. And it's six thousand six hundred and sixty inches tall. What? And then if you, and if you now if you look at this at the uh, a map of DC, yeah. there is a pentagram in the streets. The aerial view. Yeah, the streets are laid out in a pentagram, and in a and in a and in a mason um, square. So like there's a yeah like a pentagram, and then it comes over and makes a mason square, and then. I don't know. It's all lined up with Virgo, I think. So, like, if you, it's very Egyptian. Like, it's like it's yeah. Well, I mean, the, the yeah, the the Washington Monument is as a total, you know, nod to Egyptian architecture and you know the obelisks and everything. Yeah, it's created. a penis. Yeah. It's a it's a giant oh, phallus. That's that's what they're trying to. No, that's what it is. It's it's so. Uh, Osiris, the god, the Egyptian god Osiris was cut into fourteen pieces by his brother Set, I think it was, and then spread across the world. And then Isis put him back together, but she couldn't find one piece, and that was uh, his, his penis. And the and it's dude, this is even on the money, like the 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 Latin words. This is a, a new age is born and then God approves of what we're doing. And this is around the eye of Sauron or whatever that sits on top of yeah, that I've pyramid. Yeah, I've always thought that was weird, man. It's like, why do we got a, like a new world order? Like, like I'm never like every, every time I ask that question, I'm like, Oh, well, you know, it's just something. Oh, just whatever. No big deal. Yeah, I'm like, no one could give me a straight answer on this. I'm like, what the, what's you should look into it. it. But yeah. my point is like, this is, we're engaged in spiritual warfare and it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. There are people in powerful places and have been for a long time that do. Uh, 
and and you can, I mean, there it's it's even in your face now. Like I bet there's fifty uh, pop stars and movie stars that are that are doing the one eye thing and the and the triangle thing, and um, so. Yeah, it's a good time to get in the church. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Batting down the hatches. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's, it's going to get wild, and it's not going to stop. Dude, getting it's wild getting wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's getting wild. I I heard this. I listened to this lady uh, the other day. She's she said that she uh, has been people have been calling her homophobic because she's um, she only prefers women. She doesn't like trans women. So she's there in that community. She's being called. She's a lesbian. A lesbian who doesn't want a trans woman is see, homophobic. Yeah, was, <laughs> you wrap your head around that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I was with this girl for a while. Like just like it was like two or three months. It was fling type deal, and like hard hardline liberal. And we were talking about the transgenderism type thing. She's like. Well, you, and I said something. It's like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really, you know, be with a trans woman. That's just not, not my speed. She's like, that's kind of transphobic. I'm like, how is that transphobic? She's like, it's just transphobic. It's like you wouldn't want to be with a trans woman. You want to be with a woman, right? Like, yeah. She's like, well, there's no difference. It's like, yeah, there's a difference. Like, I don't know what you're talking about here. <laughs> She's got an Adam's apple. Yeah. Come on. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Other stuff. I mean, the word phobic doesn't, isn't necessarily yeah, I mean, misapplied. I mean. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's just craziness. It's like, yeah. and what I love is that the, um, you know, in the, in this sort of subculture of like, you know, you can have any sexual orientation you want um, that, the idea of being a cisgender straight human and only wanting to be with cisgender straight humans, right, of the opposite sex, that somehow is marginalizing to people who aren't, you know, in that spectrum or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's like when you can be any sexual orientation you want, how, how much of a stretch of the imagination is it to only want to be with biological, you know, members of the opposite sex. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just blatant hypocrisy is what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. And I mean, um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, that's why people are jumping on board with this thing is because if you don't have some crazy gender Victim pronoun, you're, you're on, you're an, on the outside and everybody wants to be on the inside. Yeah. So, and I think that, like, you know, just to bring it back to school, that's that's been driven deep into us. You don't want to be on the outside because you're you you'll be picked apart by the other chickens. I mean, they they see blood, and you know they'll come after you. Yep. So, yeah, whatever the like I said, man, pop culture. If you start you start looking into uh, to the CIA and what it's been up to for the past. 50 years like they're they're involved in hollywood deep involved in hollywood uh they pop culture uh, as a is a movement is a psychological warfare so you know this whole this whole transgender thing is just uh i think it's it's put in place by this probably by the cia or the handlers that handle them to just further disrupt society 
to drive us all further apart and make us easier to like, it's like uh, Caesar divide and conquer you're when you're when you face uh, an enemy of supreme forces you divide them and fight them individually and uh, and a united people is uh, definitely a supreme enemy of those who would seek to subjugate it you know what I mean that's the that's the worst nightmare of uh, totalitarians or you know, hopeful totalitarians is a, is a united and uh, uh, one people. You know what I mean? That's yep. um. well. Y'all want to call it? Yeah, yeah let's yeah, call yeah. it. Yeah. It's been a good night. Got to got to get up and do the church thing in the morning. Yeah. All right. I have a. Uh, so we have an outro. I, all these buttons here, they do different. Do different things. Yeah. Stay on target. We're too close. Is. Stay on target. You know what that one is? No. 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 Stay on target. We're too close. Stay on target. Sounds like Monty uh, Python. I, I can't put my finger what on it. it? I, it's, uh, it's like shooting womp rats in Beggar's Canyon. Oh, 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 Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, yeah. I, you remember what, what scene that is? No, I don't. Pod race or something? What? No. It's, they're getting ready to... So, are they practicing? Nope. That's oh, the wait, actual wait, wait, shot. Wait, stay on target, right? Okay, so it's Luke down in the uh, the Millennium Falcon, right, in the little gunner thing. What? No, am I am I crazy? They're gonna launch the. They're gonna destroy the Death Star. Yeah, they're they're doing the 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 run proton oh, bomb run. Oh, okay, got yeah. Man, I, job. I, 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 Get wow. some points. We well, said bomb Stay on target. We're too close. Stay on oh, target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that you. yeah. Uh, I got a couple more. <laughs> oh, the laugh track. My brother hates me, and I can tell. That's my autumn. All brothers hate sisters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Mason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's the outro song. I got Is that the that's nice. Soundtrack for the, never mind. It's off video. the Matrix. Oh, it's off the Matrix. It's Rage okay. Against the Machine. Okay. He go. turns all your bad feelings into good feelings. <laughs> I don't know what that one is. No. I, That's uh, the that one's kind of obscure. That's a Dewey Cox story. You're talking about drugs. They do that uh <laughs> turns bad feelings into good feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well it's well it's uh it's it's like a I don't know what not not a spoof, but it's a it's a comedy of, about around Johnny Cash and about rock and roll in general and like he comes in, the, the, this character John C. Riley comes into the the back room after a show, and they're smoking weed, and it's like, "What are y'all doing in here? You don't want none of this, do oh, We're smoking yeah. reefer." Yeah, yeah. See that is like, it do? what does it do? Yeah, it turns all your bad feelings into well, that's cocaine, but the reefer is a. Uh, oh, it's I like, well, I don't want to get addicted to. Yeah, it's like it's cheapest it's, drug there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good.